According to Cruise Law News, Jimmy Savile last sailed with Cunard on Queen Elizabeth in September 2011. He wasn't the only former Radio 1 DJ enjoying the maiden trip and the British Isles. Also on board was none other than Philip and Simon Schofield. That is crazy. Can you imagine Savile and Schofield on the same cruise? And who the hell is this other guy, Simon Schofield? According to the press, Simon Schofield is not related to Phil Schofield. Simon Schofield is his close friend who he's been leaning for support in the midst of the ongoing scandal they have been in regular communication in recent weeks and months as the pressure mounted on philip's career philip utilized his legal team pr experts to deal with the crisis but he's crediting simon schofield singer and actor as being a rock a source said Philip needed as much support as he could get. Um, it has been a lot for him to take on. Boo-hoo. Thankfully, Simon has been on hand to talk as much as he can. They're old mates who both know the industry inside and out and appreciate how brutal it can be. Philip, 61, Simon, 38, worked together during the early part of their careers and kept in close contact ever since three months after philip came out in february 2020 the pals were mistaken for lovers <laughs> when the former going live presenter posted a picture of them on a socially distanced dog walk during the pandemic he wrote first socially distanced walk with a mate thank you at sis scove last person I had a drink with before the wheels fell off first i've seen as we try to reattach them after a follower queried whether there was a deeper meaning to his use of the term mate, Philip hit back, yes, a mate. That's what they still call family friends who you've known for 20 years and come round to check if you're okay. <laughs> so that is the lowdown on Simon Schofield. I had no idea the two Schofields and Savile went on a cruise together. This is news to me. Thank you, Ash, for finding that video. And thank you, everyone out there who has joined us for Atwood Unleashed 101. We are doing a solid two-plus hours on Schofield to start with. We have got numerous clips that we're going to be commenting on from other heavyweight people in the media industry, including Katie Hopkins. I think you're going to have a laugh at that one. And Stephen Knight and I are going to comment on those videos in the hour from 7pm. From 6 to 7, we've got Matthew Steeples coming on. And Matthew Steeples is not just going to be talking about Schofield. He's also going to do the latest news on Rolf Harris, who is now deceased. And also on Madeleine McCann, because there was breaking McCann news whereby they are searching a site in Pradeluge. Um, let's have a look. We've got our 
little message here from Cupcake. Allegedly, Simon Schofield changed his surname to Schofield at some stage, but I cannot confirm this. Well, can anyone confirm this? Let us know if that's the case. After the two and a quarter hour Schofield bonanza, Stephen Knight is taking over at seven. Thank you, Stephen. Who's your first guest? I'm sorry, at eight. At eight. At eight. Uh, so I'm yeah, assuming Darcy yeah, Weir has been moved to eight o'clock. Is, is Darcy Weir still joining us, the filmmaker? Looks like you've got Hayley McGregor. Hayley McGregor now from eight. So from, oh, great. Yeah. So from uh, 10 past eight, uh, author and survivor Hayley McGregor will be my first guest. Uh, after being groomed by her new drama teacher at the age of 12, it took her nearly 20 years to speak about the unspeakable acts she had to endure at the hands of her teacher. Uh, Haley recently released a memoir uh, titled Teacher's Pet, which we will be discussing on tonight's show. Uh, she will also be giving us insights into what behaviours to watch for uh, so parents can help their children avoid such abuses of power. And then we've got a fellow Atwood. Popular demand for Mark Atwood. He's been on tour recently. We're going to have two Atwoods in the house. <laughs> All the and this Atwood. is Patreon section. Um, his show is called Adventures in a Cosmic Suit. He exposes the NWO, of course. And he interviews an eclectic range of guests who are truth seekers and exposing mainstream media and government cover-ups. So, All right. And then I'll be... Mark, yeah? I'll be taking our last guest at 20 to 10, uh, and that is YouTuber Ryder Lee, who is the host of Raised by Giants. Uh, Ryder provides a platform from which philosophers, philosophers rather, researchers, spiritual teachers, authors, uh, contactees, experiencers, channelers, and UFO researchers can come together and communicate their studies, observations, thoughts, ideas, reflections, and research, uh, infusing them into common everyday knowledge with the understanding of the life and universe. Uh, the main areas of conversation will be remote viewing and the MK Ultra program. Good stuff. <laughs> We've just had some news come out on Schofield, and this is a real tragedy here. I think everyone's going to be so feeling so sorry for him when I read this to you and here's what here's what it's saying um, this has just come out in the last hour Philip Schofield was utterly heartbroken that he didn't have the opportunity to say a proper goodbye on this morning this has been revealed by Piers Morgan who for some bizarre reason has got Schofield's back so in the chat put a one if you are delighted that Schofield did not have the opportunity to say a proper goodbye, put a two in in the chat if the um, your your heart is broken that that you know Philip Schofield is upset that he didn't have the opportunity to say goodbye. Let's see what comes in there. What do you think about that, Stephen? Uh, my thoughts with God and the golfer at this difficult time. 
no one's bothered to check in to see how that furry little fella's getting on, how he's handling the news. It's all a bit strange, isn't it? A lot of speculation, a lot of rumour, a lot of conjecture, and we're not seemingly getting a, a lot of direct information out of the ITV camps or from Schofield directly. I think he's just a strange individual in, in general. I read a piece by Julie Birchall in The Spectator today, and she said... All he is is a presenter. That's all he's ever been. So, I mean, usually people who work in the TV industry are, are sort of former uh, stars who have accomplished something else, or they're authors, or they're journalists. He's always been a TV presenter, and it makes you wonder what what sort of person wants that. What do they want from life if that's all they want? And, it, and it, she kind of summarised it as just to be liked and just to be known as being chatty. And there's not much else known about Philip Schofield in that sense. He's been on our screen since I was a kid. And no one really knows anything about the man apart from the fact he's on our TVs all the time. So uh, it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see if anything more comes out, any leaks, any further statements. But he seems relatively confident that he's going to continue broadcasting for ITV in the future. He just won't be doing it on This Morning with Holly Willoughby. Well said. Let's see what Piers Morgan has added to this, shall we? I can't believe what I'm reading here. Why has he got this creeps back? So, Pierce Morgan said that Schofield was um, utterly heartbroken, deserved a proper goodbye. Writing in his column for the Sun newspaper, Morgan said, I don't know the full story behind Philip Schofield's downfall, but when I feel personal empathy with him is over the manner of his sacking... For ITV to not even give him the chance to say a proper goodbye to his large, loyal audience after 21 years struck me as needlessly churlish. And I know he's utterly heartbroken about it because he told me himself. So obviously those guys are in cahoots. I'm going to let, let's ask the chat, shall we? The last one was pretty much 99% ones. Do you guys think that Piers Morgan is backing the wrong horse here? Supporting Schofield, put a one in the chat. If you think Piers Morgan is doing the right thing, having Schofield's back, put a two in the chat, please. Thank you. I know Piers Morgan says some funny things, but... I think he just knows this information, or this topic rather, is hot right now. And if you write something about it, claiming to have insider knowledge, that will get... Piers Morgan a lot of attention. If one, if we know one thing about Piers Morgan is that he likes attention. Uh, so mission accomplished, I suppose. Yeah, because it, there was speculation that Piers Morgan was going to take his place on the show. But then the reason that Piers Morgan got kicked off ITV in the first place was his comments on Meghan Markle. And he said his, his, his thoughts about Meghan Markle have not changed. So that would probably preclude him from going back to ITV. That's really interesting because, to his credit, he seemed way ahead of the curve on the Meghan Markle stuff. He got in trouble for essentially saying he doesn't believe what she says. And that seems to be the general opinion of a lot of mainstream people now in the industry. They're, they're, they're questioning her accounts of things. We see we saw this last week with this account of the uh, alleged uh, high-speed chase through New York City at the hands of the paparazzi and that story seemed to fall apart rather quickly once the evidence was, was placed into context. So it seems like he, he was uh, bang on the money there. Yeah, and Samantha Markle confirmed a lot of that when we interviewed her. If people haven't seen it, 
it's got a lot of um, following and comments on the channel and Samantha really exposed her sister so we got a question from one of the viewers Stephen what do you guys think of Holly as in Holly Willoughby uh, Phil's sofa partner I don't <laughs> I mean I, I mean I think it's a very strange profession where you have to stand and smile be presentable and not say anything remotely offensive or interesting it's it's almost robotic in, in its art form um it's not they don't host debates and discussions do they 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 host like fluffy happy good morning television and uh, you, i can't get a read on people like that because it, it is false in its nature uh so they just strike me as particularly false individuals thanks for the super chat kathy and i see hurry back Andrew Gold, you two are bonkers, bonkers, but handsome. Cheers for that. He um, needs to out outline the ratio there, please, just for science. <laughs> so in terms of Holly then, you know, Lady Colin Gamble affectionately calls her Holly the Dolly and kind of gave her a pass on prior knowledge of the allegations surrounding Schofield. But personally, I know someone who was working with Schofield and she knew a hell of a lot. And she had hardly worked with Schofield, if you look at the amount of time that Holly has worked with Schofield. So, as I said on a stream this morning, Holly must know everything. And it's a case for these people, not that they, you know, what's happened. It's not been a problem for Holly over the years, what's allegedly happened. It's not been a problem for ITV over the years, what's allegedly happened. The problem is that the public is about to find out about it. And when the public is about to find out about it, people go into self-preservation modes. So Holly, I feel, has just played this straight out of 48 Laws of Power. She was put on the sofa by Phil. The power dynamic was he was in control. She was just a clacker, cackling and laughing as he was calling people out and being rude to people. These people now have got the knives out, uh, accelerating his downfall. But if you look at the Twitter following, she's got twice as many followers on Twitter now than Phil. She is a powerful entity in her own right. And when she realized that she had the power, that is when she started doing the body language on TV. And I think she will have been advised by really savvy PR people, lawyers, the time is nigh to signal to the public that he's got to go and she was part of the conspiracy to get rid of him and she has come out on top even though she's gone away for two weeks and she's supposed to come back uh many people are speculating that she won't come back because she's guilty you know after the fact of knowing what went on allegedly um if she does come back and comes out on top of this then she most certainly has performed a coup d'etat of the sofa Anything to say on that, Stephen, before I bring Matthew Steeples in? Um, she's not happy about something, and they seem to be putting on a united front. So I think once he's out the way, we'll, we'll get the full, full fat story, warts and all, hopefully. All right, my friend. I will see you for our reviews of the Schofield, um, the Schofield clips after seven. See you then. Cheers. All right, here we go with Matthew Steeples. Let's bring him in. Oh, good evening. Matthew. Hello. Hey, my friend. How is it going? You, you're like the most demanded to, person I, to come on right now on the channel. I talk to you more than I talk to anyone else. 
<laughs> I'm a virtual hermit otherwise, <laughs> apart from when I visit the magnet. And they all have, they all have, they all send their regards to you, and uh, especially June. It's her birthday today, so I wish June a very happy birthday. Oh, thank you, June. Thank you to the people at the magnet. We appreciate you hosting uh, Matthew in there and allowing him to do these opinion polls on the regulars. Well, um, you know, I think it's good to get opinions from a wide range of people. Um, um, I did hear you talking about Mr. Schofield and a cruise boat, but um, he did go on that with his wife. Okay. Yeah, but he was married to his wife for a very long time, wasn't he, while he was running around doing um, God knows what? And um, Savile did gush that he did so well, according to the Mirror. But um, no, I don't know much about that. But um, he did tweet sadness at the time of... Schofield's death and then there was also an encounter with Rolf Harris in an airport in Mauritius so you know he's had um, he certainly met a few interesting people old Scof. Are you saying that Scof spent more time with Rolf Harris than Savile? I would think it more likely yes given 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 the circles they moved in and you know the, the places I saw I, I never ever met Savile, so but I did. Rolf Harris was around and about in London a lot of in the early two thousands, and yeah, no, I, I would think they would have met quite regularly. And given that uh, uh, Rolf Harris was doing the, the portraits of the Queen, and you know he was on chat shows with David uh, with Boris Johnson, you know he he. He was still around. The Savile man was a bit old and decrepit by then, I think. So I don't think there was, there wasn't as much of an encounter, I wouldn't have imagined. Brax fan Matthew has asked whether you would consider filling the this morning slot with myself. Well, we we've had that question before, and um, I don't think I'd be much good at it, other than the food and drink section. I don't think I really want to talk about, um, you know, grannies going off to Egypt to find toy boys and then bringing them home. They run off with a 14-year-old or whatever they do and get after they've got the visa. But um, I think, as I've said to you, and you'll see on this program tomorrow, um, I think it's time for a new format. And everyone I've spoken to about this agrees. It's time for something completely new. But we'll come to that, I'm sure. We certainly so, will. And, well, we're and going for the viewers... to start... Are we going to start with the Schofield or are we going to start with this Harris or with um, Madeleine McCann? I, d- I don't know. You, you've only got... Well, let's, let's, we're going to ask the viewers, but I just want to tell the viewers first off, if you're not familiar with Matthew Steeples, he's the proprietor of the Steeple Times. His link for his website is in the description. And he has been covering Philip Schofield for years. There's some articles down there that have gone viral that you might want to check out. And you, you can also follow Matthew on Twitter. And you can also come and see us at CrimeCon London, June 10th, 11th, when we'll be doing an event. And no doubt we will be talking about Schofield as well as McCann and the Who Killed E case and some of the other, big, some of the other biggest stories uh, in crime, etc. And we're going to ask the viewers then. So Matthew wants to know, he's got three subjects tonight. Do you want to start with Schofield? Put a one in the chat. Do you want to start with Rolf Harris? Put a two in the chat. Do you want to start with Madeleine McCann? Put a three in the chat. This is well, a democracy. It's a democracy here, Matthew. Yes, I quite agree with it. But you know, I, I I will tell you this: 
I was very surprised. Um, we used to have a number one article being about Omid Scooby. You know, who is Omid Scooby? And, you know, everyone of my readers was obsessed with Meghan Markle. Um, our most popular article now is about Philip Schofield. And Ash, I'm going to need you to add these numbers up because they're coming in too fast for me to count. <laughs> oh, well, well, I think the public are very interested in this Schofield character. And I'm, I'm surprised to say it because... I personally am not very interested in such programs. I don't watch such programs. Um, I've seen clips of them. Um, you know, I have friends who have been on them. I've, I have friends who participate in them and friends who, you know, uh, I think it's, there are elements of it that are quite good. I don't mind the cooking bits. Um, and, you know, when they talk about food and drink or whatever, but um, I don't think that their format works for the modern era. That's the big problem. It's looking like McCann and Schofield are tied for oh. popularity right now. Well, whatever you whatever you wish to begin with, I just well, I don't know. I just think we better be, do it in order. <laughs> All right, let's let's start with McCann then, eh? And we'll come back to Schofield shortly. Right. Okay. What's the news on McCann? Is it about the German well, the suspect? Biggest, and, the biggest and... the biggest thing of the moment in this whole case is that it's May, which is the time she went missing, and the police needed more money in Britain. And um, surprise, surprise, there's suddenly a search of a, a reservoir. You know, where's the black when you need her? There's definitely a surprise. It's not, not at all surprising to me that they, they do this. And um, I did write about the reservoir search, and I said, you know, they've already spent £14 million of British public money. Um, this has been done at the behest of the German police, and is being carried out by the Portuguese police. But the critics of me said, oh, well, you, you can't criticise the Met Police. But, but they're, they're sending out officers to join in with us. They're paying people to go. Um, they searched this reservoir in 2008, didn't find anything. So, again, a bit of distraction in my view. And I did a poll about that. Um, and the majority of people believed it's a distraction. And I think I had 2,000 votes in that. I think it was about... 80% believed it was a complete load of rubbish. But we'll see. Maybe they'll find something. Maybe they won't. But, you know, a couple of months ago, it was the girl in Poland. You know, there's always something new with this story to keep it going. It keeps these officers in a job. This Operation Grange has been kept going since 2000 and whatever it was, nine when it was formed. Um, I think it should, this money should be allocated to help other missing people. Um, I speak to lots of people who've got missing children. You know, my friend Martin Allen, a wonderful gentleman whose brother went missing in 1979. Before his mother died, she went on the radio, Radio 4, and she said, what about what about children like mine? She, her husband was a chauffeur to an embassy in Kensington, and nobody's helped them. What about Ben Needham? Um, I was. I encountered another story the other day. Um, I forget the name. Then there's a boy called Luke Durbin, another one that went missing. His mother works for the Missing People Helpline. What help does it does she get? All these people deserve resources. Fourteen million pounds has been spent to get nowhere. It's time to end this charade. All right, let's look at what's happening. We've got a guy actually, John, who's written a book, My Search for Madeline. I've recorded part one with him. And I'm going to record part two here soon and get the whole podcast out. 
And previous people that we have interviewed have poo-pooed the German suspect. But John really gets into detail about the level of activity of people who do these heinous crimes in Prada Luge. I had no idea how scary it is. The yes. attitude... Go on. Well, I would say the, the, this character... I don't know this man, John, but... Um, I would say, you know, it's close to Africa. You know, there, there is, there, trafficking is something that will go on there. And that part of the world does attract some very odd, odd expats. Um, you know, and there's lots of remote places there as much as there are tourist places. So, yes, he may have a point. But what I will say about this character, Christian B, Christian Bruckner, we can say his name in England. In Germany, you're not allowed to. Um, you know, he's in prison for raping a 72-year-old. His victim profile is not children. and he, He's harassed children in playgrounds. Um, other victims of his have been in their 16, 17-year-olds. Um, it doesn't mean he didn't do it, but you know, his general type of victim wasn't the age of Madeleine McCann. Um, he is undoubtedly evil. He is undoubtedly deservedly in prison. I don't have any support for him, sympathy for him. You know, his lawyer comes out with all these statements, but he never says the man is innocent. The lawyer is actually quite sensible. Um, but they brought him up during the pandemic lockdown, the first one. It got, it got things off the news, having him arrested in 2020. He has not been charged in three years. I do question that, you know. They haven't found the evidence yet. And searching a reservoir just because he used to go there and liked it. He, he seemed to go to lots of places and liked them. He had multiple cars. He had vans. He had Jaguars. He had, a, you know, all sorts of things. He is undoubtedly an evil, bad, wrong one. But I don't see how you can get to the point of coming up with the theory that he did it when they found no physical evidence against him in three years. This is... This is a distraction from the truth, in my view, of this story. And I can tell you the majority of people who write to me about it agree with me. Now, I don't know who did it. I've met Mr. and Mrs. McCann, as I've told these, this, your channel many times. Um, I just find it very odd the way they behaved. I think it doesn't mean that they did it either. You know, they're in, they are, they've lost a daughter and that's very sad. Their children have lost their sibling and um, until this is resolved, it will go on and on and on. But I actually would like to say, again, is that I have met so many families of other missing people and they get no resources and it is time that this money was reallocated. The Metropolitan Police have brought shame on their house by not spending this money on other things. And how dare they give more money to this search? You know, it's gone on for so many years now. This happened in the 3rd of May, 2007. You know, many other cases have been closed down. This the, the, this poor boy, Luke Durbin, you know, he disappeared a long, long time ago. And what help does his mother get? None. What help does Kerry Needham get? None. I think it's wrong. And that's all I have to say about that, that matter. Yeah, I agree um, what you're saying there. I think that... The German suspect could be a distraction, but the level of research, 
that John has done in his book about additional crimes against kids and the network of people who are operating in that area. For example, the German suspect was also involved in the transportation of illegal substances. And one person said to him, you know, can you, have you got enough room in your, your vehicle to transport this this product that was quite bulky. Oh, I've seen the quote. Yes, he, he he talks about how he could hide a, hide a small child in the in the, in a container. Yes, um, but you know your other correspondent, um, Mark Williams Thomas, went there and made a whole program about him. And he said I wanted to believe he him to be the guilty party, and I couldn't prove it. You know, and he's a police officer, ex police officer. So. There will be varying opinions, you know, just as there are varying recollections about Meghan and Harry. You know, it's there's going to be all manner of people. And people always say to me, who do you think did it? You know, you've met them, Mr. and Mrs. McCann. I don't know. And I always say it. I do not know. It's like any it's like the Jeremy Bamber case. You know, people say, do you think he's innocent? I think there are elements of there are elements of the case where he the, the police destroyed evidence. And that means that that case should be reinvestigated. With the McCanns, I think the truth of this matter is unlikely ever to be found because it's so strange. But I don't think that means that we should continue to investigate it because they're just they're just going after any old thing, you know. Regularly in the Mirror or the Mail, there are these unnamed sources. Oh, I spotted a girl with a wonky eye in a supermarket in um, and and she was speaking um, German or and they never, ever name these people. It's just the same as with Harry and Meghan, unnamed sources. And they're doing this so they can keep this going, keep these police officers in work. And I think it's shameful. So let's look at this news that's come out today then. Madeleine McCann Reservoir search is expected to extend into a third day as investigators cut down tree branches and bring sniffer dogs into secluded wooded, wooded spots on the Algarve. Well, I believe they have something called a mechanical brush cutter and they're using that from what I've just read earlier just a couple of minutes ago. Um, yes, they may do that. And yes, they may find something relevant, but... The, They'd already looked there in 2008. So if they were so good, these detectives, why didn't they find something in 2008? Um, I, I do have doubts about the credibility of these these investigations because it rather it's rather suitably brought up at convenient times. If they did it in December, I'd have more faith in it. It happens to be in the same month she disappeared. I find it very odd. And I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I just think that these police are incompetent. And Detective Amaral, who has been libeled by Jerry and Kate, Kate McCann, and he won the latest round of the case, and um, you know they're going to have to pay him damages. Um, I think you know he was. It was quite appalling that they, the Portuguese police, condemned. Now, now all of a sudden, you know they're allowed. To, they're being considered oh, competent now. They're looking into it again at the behest of the Germans. It's it's ridiculous. All these police officers are just busying themselves with a load of rubbish in my view but who knows something may be found and i could be proven wrong and you know that, that i would admit i'm wrong if i'm wrong but um i think the mystery of this story is far from being solved ash there's so many questions coming in for matthew in the live chat right now so fast i can't possibly get them 
out. Can you collect them for us while we go over this article and then we'll get to those questions. If you do have any questions for Matthew concerning the McCann case, we're on this one right now. We're going to go over to Schofield after this. Um, put them in the chat, please, wherever you are watching this in the world. Well, just to continue this article then, it has been claimed that the search for evidence connecting Madeline's disappearance to chief suspect Christian Bruckner was launched following a tip from a very credible German police informer. The respected Portuguese media outlet Expresso said the informant gave detectives details they took very seriously. A publication named Rainer Grimm, uh, no, I'm sorry, the publication named Rainer Grimm. Very unfortunate the man, name. <laughs> as the man leading the, the probe. As the man leading the probe for Germany's Central Criminal Investigation Agency, the BKA, saying he was among the officers at the site. So if this was a distraction, Matthew, why is the German police putting, you know, going all the way out there and putting all these uh, resources into it? Um, well, they've been going after it for three years now, and I don't think they want to be embarrassed. Um, but they haven't got very far in three years, have they? They've looked around so places in Germany. They've dug up places. They found nothing. They haven't been able to charge this man. And his his lawyer is, you know, rightly saying, you know, charge him or give up on this. The man is horrible. I don't. I'm not defending this horrible man. He's an evil, vile piece of rubbish. He is somebody who doesn't deserve to live on this planet. He looks creepy. He is creepy. He's done very evil things. But, you know, he's in prison for raping a 72-year-old. Some of his victims are around about 15, 16. He was a robber. He was a traffic, you know, he trafficked drugs. He, he, he's, he's led a very bad life, whoever he is. Um, there's something very unsavory about him but, and very sinister. But they haven't managed to link him yet. And now they're going after some reservoir which had already searched. I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me, but we'll see. You never know. They might find something. I could be proven totally wrong. But I don't have much faith in any of them because they've had since 2007 to solve this case. They're not, they've not got very far yet, have they? So shame on the lot of them. And Bruckner's quite an expert at getting in and out of people's houses as well. He's, he's had a lot of experience. Oh, no, he's he's clever. But um, it wouldn't exactly be hard to get into the home where Madeleine McCann was housed because the door was wide open. It was unlocked um, and it went straight onto the street. You know, I was just talking to somebody in the Magnet who holidayed in Mark Warner Holiday Villages. And they said, you know, they were part of complexes. Well, this one, this particular Mark Warner holiday village this particular apartment um whatever it was something 1a or i think it was 3a or something anyway it, it it had a door onto the street they didn't lock it it went onto a street a resident this is a couple who paid for childcare during the day but they didn't pay for childcare at night they're doctors they can afford to pay for childcare. um they were at a tapas bar that was far far away it was three three four minutes walk it was not visible. Um, the gentleman I was just talking to who holidayed at Mark Warner Leisure Villages said, you know, we, we would leave our children, but um, we could see where they were because it was across the other side of the pool. The, it, it, it's illogical that this middle-class couple 
behaved in this fashion to me. It's very, very odd. Um, but I, I am not saying they did anything wrong other than that. I'm not saying they're guilty of anything, but, you know, there is evidence, you know, and questions that they, they've refused to answer questions of the Portuguese police. I'm sure this might give them new hope, but I, I don't know. They, 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 they are still of the belief that the child is alive. And that is another possibility. The child could have been trafficked. And that happens a lot in that region. We're going to you know, bring with the African, The African connection, when, you know, it's only a short journey across the water. You know, it's not that far away. Thanks, Gene. We're going to bring some footage in shortly of the action on the ground where they are looking for McCann or any evidence. And... The report said officials are seeking any fragments of clothing and old rags that could be related to her disappearance, particularly... Well, pajamas. Pink pajamas she was wearing the night she vanished. Hmm. The search is continuing, and there was a thunderstorm hit the area on Tuesday night, which delayed the activity. So that's still got a continuation of that. But I think you will have to go back to the Mark William Thomas program where, you know, there was the man who carried it across the town and all of this. And the man who carried it across the town didn't look like the Bruckner character, according to his program. You know, there are, there's been so many people who've been falsely accused over the years as well. And you know, I asked, you know, people to ask me what they wanted to ask me about. And one of them sent me a link to something about one of these things. And... You know, there have been many people whose lives have been ruined who look completely different. You know, there was even a woman whose EFIT was uh, released who looked a bit like the lady we're not allowed to talk about, who was the daughter of the uh, the former proprietor of the Mirror. And she had links to some of the people who they then hung out with in the next few days, Clement Freud being one of them. They went and had... A, a vodka risotto with Clement Freud, who himself was known for pretty awful activities by the time he died. Um, there are many strange angles to this story. And, and of course, conspiracy theorists will come up with many things. But I asked sensible questions here. You know, they searched that reservoir in 2008 they didn't find anything. So what are they going to find that's new? I don't I don't believe that anything will be significant there, but you never know. Um, well, let's take a look at them. Yes. Let's take a look at them and what they're doing. And uh, thanks for the super chat, Jojo. We're going to have a look at the video of... Here they are. They're searching for evidence of the disappearance of Madeleine McCann. This is in Portugal. Well, you can see that it's very rough ground. It's, you know, what it's going to be very hard to find anything there. Perhaps something was buried. Well, maybe they think so, but it's going to be very hard to pinpoint because it's, it's you know, difficult, but... Yeah, many people that write to me have other theories, and you know there were many hotels being and apartment blocks being built, and you know if the body went under the, the foundations of a building, you're on you're under that. That's probably more likely, I would believe. 
if you were trying to get rid of a body i <laughs> i know when we talk about the crime conference my mother always said to me you know you're going to a conference um oh we got some we got some audio we got some audio here Matthew. wait a minute okay So there you have it on the ground in Portugal. Well, the, gentleman, the, the gentleman at the end looked like he was relieving himself. Huh. <laughs> he didn't look like he was up to much. Um, and the, the tents are just their tents, and there's a portaloo, you know. It's, I don't see how they, they, a vast area like that, it's going to be very, very hard to find anything, but you never know. Sometimes you do. So. Portugal has ordered a no-fly zone over the area until 10 p.m. tonight. Um, it is not yet clear if they're going to continue on until Friday. The initial operation was earmarked as a two- to three-day search. The hunt is focusing on the foreshore as the water level in the reservoir is considerably lower due to low rainfall last few months. This may explain why no divers have been operating in the area, although they are on standby. And that group there is the Portugal's National Republican Guard, the GNR, who uh, sniffer dogs took them to a small grove close to the water's edge. And then officers were seen clearing branches shortly after. Oh, here we go. This is the water's edge. Mm. In the video. It doesn't look like a place I wish to visit. I've got no desire to go there. According to Expresso, the operation was launched with a very credible tip came in. Expresso knows that these searches have their origin in a tip from a BK informant who the police force considers very credible. That's what it says on the website. This informant told investigators details that the German police took very seriously. The searches were requested um, by the German police after receiving this information. Well, I, I, well, I shall say two things, you know. Mr. Brockner viewed that to be a special place, according really? to all this released reports. Now, you've seen it and I've seen it. It looks like a complete hellhole. It looks awful. It's not a very attractive place at all. You know, when you showed it to me, I, I haven't, I've seen pictures of it, but I've not seen a video of it. I can't see how that would be a special place for anybody, um, unless you're very, very odd, but he is odd, clearly. Um, and secondly, um, well, I would think that, you know, it's impossible to go, to get someone like him to tell them the story that they want to hear, because from what I believe, he's not cooperating with them. So I think they're going on a another little ramble because, according to the, his lawyer, he wasn't going to cooperate with these police. Because what does it? Why does he need to? He's never going to get out of prison. I, I think he's playing them, if anything, playing games with them. You know, these kind of people who are sick in the head, they do tend to play games. He really is sick in the head. He had one woman chained up to something while he spent 10 minutes focusing the camera to film mm. what he was about to do to her. Yes. And he was going around dressed all in black with a, with a display in a gun, telling people that he was a private investigator. 
And people are in the chat saying it's my birthday. It's not my birthday. My birthday is close to the end of October, actually. (laughs) It is somebody uh, who's close to me's birthday, but I don't know whether she wants me to just uh, blurt that out online. Uh, But anyway, back to McCann. Um, The search. Oh, they got British cops out there as well. I said that already. I Even, told you, yes, yeah, I said you yeah. The and police are being paid to be there. And I find that outrageous because that is costing the British taxpayer money. And we've spent enough money on this nonsense. But I think that that place is, if, if he has told them anything, he's playing them. He's playing games with them because he's bought, he's sick of it. And he's issued statements through the lawyer. I don't, you know, you can't trust him. He's an evil person, but um, I think this is all a load of nonsense, like the whole, but it's been a load of nonsense since 2020. Why haven't they charged this man in three years? It's ludicrous. Oh, Matthew, you said that, um, I don't know if it was you or somebody. Do you, uh, they're saying that Schofield's return date to TV is confirmed. Oh, it is. I'd said, well, I, they'll keep him on various shows because he's he's got a, he's got other let's contracts see. on other programs. Let's see what the hell's gone on here. This has just come out in the last twenty or so minutes. He is going to be hosting the British Soap Awards as planned, which is going to be filmed for ITV on Saturday, June third, live from the Lowry in Manchester. The Lowry is a lovely. Art gallery set on water uh, in Salford. Why would they want to taint that area with this creep's dark aura? And as for people out there in the chat then, um, how do you guys feel about him? I mean, will you be tuning in to the show just to watch how awkward it's going to be? With well, him, may, there, there is the possibility that he may get ill in the meantime or something. That, that could easily <laughs> happen. Let's be honest. There, are, there are many possibilities. There's plenty of days away, yes, and there's plenty of time for changes of schedules. But, um, yes, they are not going... They, as I said they, to you earlier, I... They won't ditch him from the existing commitments they have because they've already paid for it. Um, as long as they think they can get away with it, they will. Um, but he is toxic without a doubt because I've never ever had so much traffic on on old articles. Um, because I'm number one. Well, I'm number one on the search on the runner on some search engines from something I wrote in 2013 that was one picture. 2013, Matthew? I think it was then, yes. It was a very old article. And that's what the most you... popular one. It was just about what... it was just about pictures of that, that young man. So you knew 10 oh, years sorry, sorry. ago? Um, I think it was, yes. It was a long time ago. And, you know, I, I, I've been following his story a long time. So, Holly Willoughby, um, do you think that she's going to come back on the sofa, Matthew? Well, I was looking at the betting odds, and you know I'm a, you know, I'm a betting man, and I love my horses. <laughs> I love the GGs, but I, I'm not really into betting on such things. Um, I was looking at the odds just earlier. 
Um, no, the favourite is the woman called Alison Hammond to take over next. She's at 11 to 10. 47.6% want her. The lady who we um, discussed, who I didn't have a clue who she was, who the readers, the followers will uh, see tomorrow, Gibson. She's at 2 to 1. Now, Miss Gibson, I did do some research, so I'll have to apologise to Miss Gibson. Um, she has had a career. You know, I compared her to a guitar, and frankly, I still think a guitar is more useful. Um, she won the 11th <laughs> Big Brother. That's what she's known for. And then she was on OK TV. And then she became an announcer on This Morning. She's from Bristol. She was the first eliminated from a program called The Jump because she didn't she didn't jump. Um, <laughs> and then she made a program called Getting Jiggy with Josie for something called Made TV. So do you, do you understand now why I've never heard of her? No. <laughs> so there we go. So she's she's actually two to one. So if they really choose her, they're, they're, they're really lowering the standards. I think I'd rather have Holly Willoughby than... Um, than Dozy Josie, but um, the, the 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 lady who's the, who I they don't have odds on. I would say bring back Fern Brisson, charming, lovely lady. I've had nice notes from her. I used to send her bottles of my chocolate liqueur that I used to sell when I used to sell vodka and alcohol and all sorts of things. And she was a very polite, decent lady, and I liked her ex-husband Phil Vickery very much as well. And he made recipes with our thing and. They were very polite. I think. I think bring back politeness to TV. Bring back something good. Twenty um, percent of them, four to one, were for Ruth Langsford, the, the lady who reported um, uh, Philip Schofield to do with the runner. And then there were three to one, twenty-five percent for someone called Rochelle Humes, but I've utterly no idea who she is. But um, the Magneteers didn't have a clue who she was either. So. I would say the general populace don't really shouldn't be going for that. But um, as for replacing Philip, Pip, as he's known, um, uh, it was a five to four uh, when I last looked for Dermot O'Leary, the one that gave the announcement. I don't know much about him. Um, three to one for Ryland Clark. Now, I have met Ryland because... Um, when Frankie Dottori was in um, the program with him, Big Brother, afterwards they all had a lunch at a friend of mine's then restaurant, and I met the lot of them. So there was Toadfish from Neighbours and Gillian Tailfilth and Razor Ruddock and his porn star wife, and there was this man, Rylan. There was a couple called Spencer and Heidi, and they were called Spidey. They were from America. I don't know quite what they did. But, but the Rylan character... You know, the other day he was in The Archers, BBC Radio 4. He's he's someone who seems to be able to cross lines. He's had a bit of a mental health breakdown. Um, and now he's taking a break from his radio show. So maybe he could be the one. I think my money's on Rylan. Let me just tell the viewers that Matthew gives a far more severe analysis of the candidates that could potentially fill the silver spot yep. in a two-hour uh, part two podcast on Schofield. Well, could I, could I give my real opinion um, <laughs> of, of who else I would like to see here? You know, I'm not really interested in Craig Doyle at 4-1. to one. I've never heard of Craig Doyle. Very boring. 
Vernon mm. Kay, I have heard of, but I don't know what he does. 13 to 2. Um, Eamon Holmes is at 16 to 1. So, he, And he wouldn't want to go back anyway because he's he's ranting and raving on GB News. But he, he actually says some sensible things, but I don't agree with him on many things. But, you know, why not change this program now? Why not change the format? Bring in something new. Make it something different. As one of the magneteers said, um, I think the whole of ITV, none of them are journalists. All of them are presenters. Get proper journalists who can talk and debate. That we need to go back to the art of debating. Another one said, I'd like Heyman and Ruth. It would be revenge. It would be sticking two, two fingers up to those two. She was very specific. And that's June, whose birthday it was. A lovely lady. Um, another one said, Philip, he was a bit like Cliff Richard. I don't like either of them. That was just an honest opinion. Of Rylan, they said, he's good. The kind of person that should be on our TV screen. He's positive and he's fun. Of Josie Gibson, they said, who? I'll leave it at that. That's the opinion from from the local pub, which I think is a good zeitgeist of, of modern day opinion. And what do the view viewers in the live chat, who would you like to see on the sofa? Please put in the live chat and we will yes, put some of those on the please. screen. Can I give a few of my personal? I'd like to see Giles Brandreth, who's already on the program, be given a bigger role. Um, you know, they all go on about Michael Portillo. I don't think Michael Portillo would wish to do it. I think he he's best sticking to a railway journey. He's a brilliant asset. Um, Matthew Wright, who's whose wife is a very dear friend of mine for many, many, many years. You know, he, he is there and has worked there for many years. The right stuff, I think he could be a, an interesting option. But then, you know, I've got a few other options. What about Boris Johnson? He needs a job. <laughs> Rishi Sunak, he might need one soon too. He's a, you know, the number of MPs that are quitting, he might need a job. Um, Meghan Markle, she might need a new job. Um, and then, you know, but the one thing I would say is don't go down the Jeremy Vine route. Having had been forced to watch that when I had someone staying with me who was ill and infirm, I, I have to say, I don't like that program. You've got to, you can't, you, we've got to move away from the shouty, shouty debate. It's not debate. It's just ranting and raving. I think we should have a new era of these kind of daytime shows, make them a bit more intellectual, a bit more intelligent. I, I, I'd like to see that Lorraine woman there. Maybe she should take it over. Fern Britton or Lorraine? And I don't know who for the man, but this Ryland, I think, is intelligent enough to do it. And he, 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 can, go, he can cross the divide from the, the Radio 4 Archers to Eurovision Song Contest. So he can do the fun and the fluff, and he can deal with the Radio 4, you know, lefty liberals. So I think that would be a more interesting option or something of that nature. You wouldn't have any of the women from Loose Women on it, Matthew? Uh, Gloria Hunniford, certainly not, um, because I don't like you know her opinions on a certain pop star who's Christian. I shan't say any more. I don't like um, uh, that Janet Street Porter. She's just loud-mouthed and aggressive, and she's too much part of the club. Um, no, I think Loose Women is another program. I think all, as, as, as somebody said to me today, um, 
who's a gentleman who's you know involved in rugby nice gentleman he um he said you know that they should cancel all of these silly programs and start again itv have lost the plot i think the, the there is a need to change the narrative here and make things a little more in, intelligent and the british public aren't stupid and the itv have tried to con us into thinking that philip schofield's a nice man he isn't he's repeatedly shown himself to be awful I've experienced his awfulness in the presence of somebody I know, and I'm not going to say who the person is, but you know, I've seen him queue jump, and it, he didn't. He failed with us because I, I made sure he'd fail. Um, he's, a, he's an appalling person. So why not try and change it to something new? They've got a, they've got a, they've actually got a brilliant opportunity here. I think this could be a wonderful new dawn for ITV, and. They could go back to some of the days of greatness. Um, you know, there are plenty of wonderful presenters out there. Um, they could bring back somebody. I don't know who it would be, but certainly not Gloria Hunniford. Please no. Scosi Mario has concurred with your observation, Matthew. A complete makeover show with more intelligent topics. Now Scof's gone. I would say... Um, Skoko Maria, I'm sorry, the name's gone, um, is bang on the nail. Now, a couple of people have brought up Pierce Morgan in the chat, Matthew. I don't know if you saw today, but he's backing Skof up to the hilt. No, I have I have uh, seen this, but, but, but may I just uh, interject? In, interject. Uh, like the lady from the parish council. I have to say, any talk with you. Mm. Um, uh, may I interject and just say that Mr. Morgan has been paid £30 million, supposedly, by um, Rupert Murdoch. There is no way that he is going to be giving up his lovely deal for the sake of going to Tin Pot Little ITV, which would pay him next to nothing. Um, Piers Morgan is a very intelligent man. He is a very ruthless man um i don't know him i know his wife i knew well i knew his wife before she married him uh, celia walden i haven't seen her in years but um he is of course playing his own game because that's what he always does now he is no he has no interest in doing hosting a show like that I, I really would not believe he, he is no. He said no. He's not doing it anyway. But frankly, no. Well, what do you think about Piers just coming out and saying that Philip Schofield is not the evil monster he's being painted as? But he did add, nor is he the angel his previously halo-clad reputation suggested. Well, that's that. You know, it's like when Piers Morgan was criticised for being in photographs with the woman you can't mention. You know, it's. She, we all get photographed next to people we don't like at parties if we go to such things. Um, yeah, but he's just come out today backing Schofield up with all I this going on, saying I he feels personal personal empathy for him. Um, because because Piers Morgan has been slaughtered in the media in the past, you know, over those pictures of the Iraq thing, which he still to this day denies is all his fault. And, all, you know, and he's got the whole phone hacking thing going on with Prince Harry and all the rest of it. But... Um, you know, Piers Morgan is a protector of Piers Morgan, and of course he's going to say what he's going to say. Um, 
I'm not defending Piers Morgan because I don't know him. I, but I, I think you know what he's he what he's said about other people like Meghan. I totally agree with. About Philip Schofield, no, I disagree with him. Totally. Someone has just suggested that Sean and Jen on the sofa of ITV would be a better option. I've just messaged Jen to see if she'll join the live chat and to see if she would answer that. Um, Jen, if you are watching, how do you feel about going on the sofa, replacing Holly and and um, Phil? Well, I would rather see a program. <laughs> I would rather see a program more like. Um... After Dark, as I've told you before, which is which was in the eighties, and they they got on guests who sat there and drank and smoked and smoked and had a good time, and I went have another sip of my wine to to say that. <laughs> yeah, I think we need some real debate. That is the thing; these programs are just fluff. It's it, it people go on there to promote their stupid product. Um. You know, there's someone I know whose who's, um, girlfriend is a cook on there. And um, she goes on there and cooks her recipes. And I think that's lovely. And I'd, I didn't, if, if I were to be on a program like that, I'd, I'd enjoy having the food. But I don't think there's anything much else about it. You know, I don't think it's, it shouldn't be taken seriously. But prime ministers go on there and Keir Starmer, the leader of the opposition, goes on there. I think it's time we got something decent. But... I don't even like the British political probes. The, the daily politics to me is one of the biggest disappointments. On, I, 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 I'm on the verge of giving up. I only watched it today because it was Prime Minister's questions. But I always watch those programmes and they're just as bad. I think Joe Coburn, you know, she should try harder. I think the BBC Question Time, I don't even watch that anymore. That's just a load of rubbish. Political propaganda. The audience is staged. I think we need a whole change of these programs. These channels should start to challenge us. This is why cha channels like yours exist, because you are challenging the narrative. And I think that's great. More, yeah, bring on like, more challenge. Like Georgine has said, Sean, they won't let you. I've got to be honest with you. You'd have, otherwise, you'd have to sell out and go up with their agenda. That is so true. We are not part of the dinosaur media. We are the gadflies of the world. Well, I say things that people don't want me to say, but as as the quote goes, if you don't offend somebody by what you write, it's simply public relations. If Jen's watching, they were asking about you going on the sofa, Jen, and I don't know if, if I'm allowed to say it, but it's Jen's birthday coming up. And we're Happy gonna birthday, celebrate Jen. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. All right, Matthew, so what, what are the possibility then of worse things coming out about Philip Schofield? Um, I think very high because there are people out there who will be willing to talk because the, 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 the sums are there because there's obviously still the interest. So he's obviously offended so many people and... Some of them will have seen things that are very unpleasant, I would imagine, from from what I gather. But um, you know, I'm not saying he he's done anything criminal myself. But who knows? Who knows what what is out there? You know, there is lot. There are lots of allegations, and there are lots of videos, and lots of 
photographs and there are lots of dates that don't add up and well there are people who join dots together um all i know is that every single person i know who's had encounters with him has found him very unpleasant um and people who are unpleasant tend to come unstuck um that's my view of him i think this will actually catch up with him and it is it, well it already has to an extent but I don't think the worst is over yet for him. We've got a video of Schofield in a restaurant with somebody. I'm going to see if Ash can put it on the screen and get your thoughts on it. Oh, I've got photographs. I published photographs that years ago. Yes. Well, I know the one. it was I just him. Just... But, but, you know, if they'd been in a big group, I'd understand it. But it's not a big group. Exactly. And the video was taken inadvertently because someone else was filming something and just captured them in the background and it does look quite sinister. Don't you think, Matthew, that the fact that he was dropped so rapidly indicates that there is a much bigger matter behind the surface that we're not being told about? Well, I, I, I think, you know, there's plenty there to question, yes. Um, and I've, I've questioned it for years, but nobody, nobody listened. All right, this video's ready. Let's see if we can bring it on now yeah. and see what happens. Here we go. Let's get press play on that one, please, Ash. And let's get your, the viewers' thoughts on this. One million followers! Woo! How are you? I'm good. Wow. Wow. One million followers! Yes, but you note that he is alone with the young boy. You know, it's not his children. Where are his children? Where's his wife? Where's where's the the young boy's family? That's interesting. And the, the other thing I'm not I'm saying about... he's there, there's nothing wrong with him going out to lunch with somebody, um, but in normal circumstances, a boy of that age would surely be with their parents. You know, the boy has been in um, various. Productions and I've seen, um, you know, he was in period dramas, which I've seen the I've got all the footage of. Um, but yes, in that restaurant, there they are together, but alone. Do you know what year that video was made, Matthew, and the age of the well, individual that was made? But uh, but I believe that they first met when the boy was either 12 or 13. And he was, in a, he was in a production in the north of England at his play, uh, school play or something. And somehow they met via that. I don't, I, I can't remember. I, I, I've got it all written down, but I, I, I wasn't expecting you to answer that. But, There's actually um, been an announcement today, Matthew. The content creator has come out and announced that the yes. video was taken in 2014. Yes. Do we know how old the runner is presently? Um, I you 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 will have to check your records. I don't. I I, I would think the boy now must be late twenties, early thirties. Okay. Um, but I believe that from what I was told, I believe they met when the boy was around twelve or thirteen. Most people said thirteen. 
And I just want to make it clear, um, there's nothing, there's no convictions here or criminal no uh, investigation. Against, there's no allegation of anything here that they, they, they have done. Um, but there are pictures of them over a period of time. And then this boy suddenly vanished from the screens. And that's very odd. Um, he did go to work for Loose Women for a while. Poor so boy. another room is swirling. And then worse still, I will say, you know, and I did publish the picture the other day on that dreadful This Morning program. He was covered in um, oil by Anthea Turner whilst wearing nothing other than swimming shorts. And, um, you know, I don't have much respect for swinging into action Anthea you know she's a another person of ill repute in my view I don't particularly like her but I hope she doesn't come back that's one person I would not like to see return to our screen along with Richard and Judy but there we go but um no he he was pictured having you know sun tanning oil or whatever it was smeared all over him on a, on Here we go. Board. Here we go, Matthew. I think we've go. got Watch another out, video coming up. <laughs> Philip, thank you so much. Um, I'll see you in three years. See you in three years. Wonder what we'll both be doing then. Well, if I'm still getting away with it, I'll be a happy man. Great. Amazing. Cheers, mate. Thank, thank you. If I'm still getting away with it, I will be a happy man. What will, we, what will we be before. What will we be doing in so many years? Philip, if I'm still getting if I'm still getting away with it, I will be a happy man. Isn't that an outrage? That's like something Saffle would say. Well, I would say that's my first thought. You know, it was a very creepy thing to say. Getting away with what? Getting he said getting away with it. What is it? That would be my first reaction to and that's that, that he can't cannot claim that that is anything libelous because he said it but what is it my question is to philip schofield can you please define what is it from that you know but i've seen that quote i've seen that clip and i've i've used it myself um i've quoted it so yeah he's never answered me Kevin's put a comment. He wants your thoughts on Matthew. The runner will get offered a lot of money to have an interview on TV and it will all come out eventually. Um, well, as far as I'm aware, there is um, an NDA or a super injunction involved in this matter. So for the moment, no. But maybe eventually, you never know. You know, things don't last forever and people don't live forever and you can't libel the dead. So, you know, once he's dead, all manner of things will be said. Like with Jimmy Savile. Matthew, have you heard that the runner is perhaps been stashed somewhere overseas out of reach? Um, I don't know. I don't know if that you you mentioned it earlier. Um, I, I, I have absolutely no idea where this person is. I don't know this person. I've never met this person. I don't know. And um, He could be anywhere, of course, but uh, yes, he's obviously not. He's not publicly available, is he? And no one seems to know anything about his family, which is another curious matter. You know, who are they? What did they do in this matter? Where, where, you know, 
do they have other children how did where what happened to them you know where where have they gone just need the uh, some of the viewers just need a clarification here so i know in america the runner it's not a word that's used uh you would use the word gopher the kind of person who would fetch you some tea on the set no but he was also he was more than he was more than a runner because he was presenting he joined in i wouldn't call that a, just a runner would you no i think he started as a runner and then he was promoted wasn't he yes and then he ended up on this loose women i don't know what he did there but i equally i don't watch such rubbish and I, I loathe and detest loose women, as you know. So, <laughs> would would an NDA of this nature include monthly payments, Matthew? Because there's a rumor going round about monthly payments. Well, I think whoever creates these rumors is creating a rumor because they pro they probably don't know. Because, frankly, this person has vanished. So. I don't think anyone would know, would they, really, would you? I wouldn't. Um, if you have any questions for Matthew on Schofield, please put them in now. And first one is from Sharon. If Philip's done nothing wrong, why does he need a gag order? Um, well, because people like that want to control the narrative. And um, if such a thing exists, then he's done that to protect himself, which is what these people do you know and a lot of people a lot of very famous people have super injunctions and i dealt with people with super injunctions and a nasty firm called the web sheriff who often threatened me because i upset people with super injunctions but as jeremy clarkson rightly said he got a super injunction he said complete waste of time because it just went viral on the internet instead and that's what happens with super injunctions this is why this man mcgreevy is being talked about the runner you got a next question is from Jamie Knight. What about the second runner? Well, the one of the the one of the same surname who is not related. Um, yes, he's pictured in videos with the one the second one. So that's kind of odd, isn't it? Um, the whole thing is it's rather seedy that these with all these younger people, but but he's not guilty of anything you know because he these people are just in photographs with him there's no criminality in those photographs but but people seem to be asking questions that's all i shall say next question for you matthew from soh131 can you please ask matthew what he thinks of the clip of julian clary calling out schofield in the 1990s ash if you're watching this is there any way you can find the clip of Julian Clary um, calling out Schofield in the 90s, probably on YouTube, I imagine. Or if someone can um, put it in the chat. I've heard about it, but I've never watched it. So I don't know what exactly he said. But um, obviously, you know, different people of different sexual persuasions uh, making statements about one another is all very well. But um, I, I've never watched the clip, so I don't know what exactly was said so that is one thing i've never ever seen because it's a reoccurring question about the nda being very suspicious um well you and i haven't seen the nda so we can't really comment on something we haven't seen can we? 
Got a question from James. Matthew, what is your thoughts on Holly suddenly not wanting anything to do with Phil, even though they were once close? Does she know something? Well, I, I've seen the picture of them, them in Dubai where they, I love Phil and uh, I love Holly, you know, wearing on their T-shirts or whatever it was. Um, they obviously had a good relationship for a while. And then she chose to form her own management company, and that obviously affected his profiteering. So they fell out over money, I would say. I would say more money than anything else. And he's obviously a very controlling person, and he's probably jealous that her star was rising as her as his was falling because he's, you know, he's had twenty one years on that program or whatever it was, um, on top of everything else he's done, and. He seems a very bitter, twisted, warped of mind person. And um, yes, I would say she probably does know something, but she's probably scared of him because, like Ruth Langsford said, you know, the, the, Raymond Holmes, awful, bad person. You know, no one likes him. He's a bully. But if something diabolical has happened and Holly knew about it, couldn't she be considered an accessory after the fact? Well, we don't know what she knows about that, but she was involved in that Q-gate. Uh, that's for sure. Um, she w- she willingly went along. But, may, you know, she may she may claim Stockholm Syndrome now, but uh, if it suits her. But, yes, I th- as I said, I think she should go as well. I think it's time for a clean sweep. But, but she'll easily find another role because I think she can reinvent herself. She's not that toxic as he is. He is toxic, without a doubt. You know, but Piers Morgan was toxic, and he reinvented himself. Donald Trump, you know, reinvented himself with The Apprentice, and then he reinvented himself as a president. It's it's amazing how the media and the the, the public accept these changes. Um, decent people don't really get a chance. Ash has found the Julian Cleary clip. And it is forthcoming. He's just watching it now to make sure it's within YouTube's community guidelines. Matthew, you broached the subject of the queue jumping, and it seems to be like a narrative that's been pushed quite a lot. Do you think that that narrative is a distraction from more serious issues causing the no, the queue jumping? The queue jumping was the key thing to the whole of the story because it upset the nation. At it a was time, a barometer of public opinion. No, it, it, they they behaved in a way that was undignified, and the British public they did not grasp how much the British public loved the, the late Queen Elizabeth, and the British public that had queued up didn't like it, and they talked about it, and then other people saw it, and everybody said, "How dare they!" They got the barometer of public opinion wrong, and they were meant to be people who reflected what the public thought through their discussions on their program. And, well, that was the beginning of the end for them, because once they, once you disliked, it's bye-bye. So I doubt Holly would have distanced herself unless there was more to come out. Could she fall by toxic association, Matthew? 
Well, I just think it's time for her to go. It's by, but I think, I think, I don't know. I didn't know much about her, to be honest. I wasn't really interested. But I would say, look, it's she will find herself another role. She'll reinvent herself. The, she, she's not guilty of his crimes. It's not her fault that he did whatever he's. You know, he hasn't committed a crime. You know, his 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 whatever he's done on the television, um, his bullying and whatever else that he's alleged to have done. You know, there. I I would say she can reinvent herself, but I think it's time for a clean sweep and a new program and call it something else. The end of the era. Anna is wondering why on earth you would want him on holiday with your family. I think referring to the holiday story where he went out off with Holly on holiday, didn't he? Well, because they were work colleagues and friends, allegedly, at that time. So, you know, I I go on holiday with my friends who I do things with, and you, you came and stayed with me. You know, you came and visited here. Well, you didn't stay in my house, but you, we, we all had a party here, and... You know, friends do that, don't they? They we all meet. I, I at the beginning they must have been friends, and they, there was a genuine liking between them at the beginning, but it obviously went wrong. We're being reminded about the. Here we, here we go. Here's a clip. Let's see what we've got yeah, here. Then you feel fine. Actually. You're going with the flow, aren't you? I'll do anything you want. I think it's <laughs> Even kiss me, pull you. <laughs> What do you think of that, Matthew? Have you seen yeah. that one before? Um, I've never watched it, no, but um, look, he's just, he's just a very odd man who's lived a He's lived a secret life, and obviously, in the beginning of his career, he probably had to protect himself. But, um, but as he's got older, things have got weirder for him because people obviously knew about what he was, his other life was. And as Joan Collins, right? Joan Collins was the one that summed it up best. And I, I don't know if I've got the quote, but um, somewhere from my previous discussions with you, I've. I've got so many bits of paper. Um, I don't know if I've written it down here. Let me find Joan Collins. Uh, you do but, that while I... Go on. Um, no, I'm looking for Joan Collins. Well, Ash is going to bring on a Savile Schofield clip while you look for that. So take your time. I'm just going to put this back up. We started the show okay. with this. Here we go. According to Cruise Law News... Jimmy Savile last sailed with Cunard on Queen Elizabeth in September 2011. He wasn't the only former Radio 1 DJ enjoying the maiden trip and the British Isles. Also on board was none other than Philip and Simon Schofield. Yeah, and they're not related, as we started out the show explaining. Um, Simon gives him advice and is supporting him during this scandal. Well, he's Simon his rock. Is it, is but, it... but, um, but from what I've read from the mirror, he was on that cruise boat with his wife, Steph, Stephanie. Has, uh, so I don't know whether this... 
I don't know whether that's something that's just made up or not. I have no idea. Because the, the boy called Simon Schofield, the age doesn't really make sense. We've got another follow-up comment from Matt. Uh, Holly distancing herself from Phil is just like Phil distancing himself from his brother. He must have done something for her to act that way, don't you think? Um, well, uh, well, I think that she is obviously going to protect her own brand, yes. She thinks she is a brand and she has all sorts of products and things she's doing in businesses and she has moved away from him. But um, he he is someone who is, he's clever and he's played her, I think, in a way. But But I think she's now rightly taken herself off on holiday, but... I don't see. I think it would be best for her if she went somewhere else after this. But coming back to Joan Collins, you know, she said, "What was the reason he suddenly felt the need to go public with this when he declared he was gay?" When a lot of people knew, I thought, "Why does he have to do that?" It seems like he was living a fine life. Everyone who knew him knew he was gay. That's you know somebody sensible from the media speaking and Dame Joan is somebody who knows the world of showbiz a lot longer than him and he he lived a lie and he thought he could bully people along the way and well sadly he made enemies well did he not think they were going to come after him in the end not a wise man when you harm people on the way up, they're going to have the knives out on the way down. You know, it's a, it's, a, it's a very unfortunate thing for him, but he really is a dislikable person. And I've seen him in his dislikable action in a different form of cue jumping, as I told you. But um, I've seen him at parties and he's always got to be the centre of the room. And, you know, he's a bit of a pest, I'd say. I just don't like him. But... My opinion is of total irrelevance because I don't, you know, I I haven't met him, but I have met many people who have got nothing other than bad to say about him. I've never met somebody who said, I really like Philip Schofield. That's an interesting thing. I've never met anyone who said, I really like Anthea Turner either, but that's another story. Eva wants your thoughts on Schofield's outlandish, rude behaviour getting worse since he came out as being gay? Um, I think, you know, once he was, once he thought he changed his life and, you know, become his new self, maybe he thought, I can just be justified and hide behind that as a way of justifying my bad behaviour. And I think that's exactly it. Uh, you know, he, he, he developed a new level of Teflon. We've got a question here then, Matthew, from the Arno kids. Don't you think that Philip Schofield being close with Holly confessed a lot to Holly and she has kept it all to herself and now she will be questioned for holding information back if it's criminal? Um, I 
I don't know. Cannot answer that because it's impossible until anything happens. Um, Let's hear what Katie Hopkins has to say on the situation then, shall we? I think Ash is going to press play on this. Preparations here for my stand-up at another secret speakeasy here in the UK. But I see that Phil and Savile, I mean, (laughs) Schofield, has been forced out at ITV. They say he quit, but of course he was ejected from the aircraft at some speed. Uh, You can expect to see a few things now. You can expect to see him well and truly thrown under the bus. He's been told he'll get other projects. None of those will be happening. So he's saying he's got all these projects, Matthew. Katie Hopkins is saying that it's not going to happen. What what do you think is the reality there? Well, you've just confirmed that Katie Hopkins is wrong. What, Um, with this story that came out? Yes, if there's another program happening. but um, It's never too late, though, is it, for him still to get kicked? He will will have to carry on with certain things because he has obligations that are nothing to do with this morning. And they're going to... He hasn't been he hasn't been arrested or charged with any crime. You know, this is a man who has been cancelled in his mind because public opinions turned against him. So I think for the moment things will continue for him, but I don't believe it deserves to continue, but um I think he's a loathsome, obnoxious piece of rubbish, a piece of toe rag. But um that's just my opinion. Um but he is disliked by many, including Katie Hopkins. But Katie Hopkins is, is somebody who I have met. And, you know, when I suggested she did a debate with me and some other people, all she cared about was the fee. Um, she wanted a room in Claridge's or something as well. You know, the one was a bit bonkers, to be honest. Uh, weirdly, I met her with, you know, the most bizarre people of all. I was with my friend Helen Lederer, who was in Absolutely Fabulous, and Peter Mandelson. The the, uh, the 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 what do they call him? Mister the, the the Prince of Darkness for the Labour Party, and it was at a party. And uh, and and I have to say, Katie Hopkins in reality is a bit of a pussycat. She's not quite the like she is in that video. She comes across quite differently in reality. But Philip Schofield and her, you know, they didn't used to do programs together, and you know. Lots of these people have turned on him, but I don't know what his future is. No, and nor does anyone else. But I think for the moment he will survive. Sadly. Well, let, let's hear what Katie Hopkins continues to say in that video then, shall we? And get your thoughts on that. Ash, can you play the rest, please? We're going to bring Katie in right now. And we are trying to get Katie on the channel. Many of you... I can give you her email address. Never speak his name again, I guarantee it. Um, there will be pictures coming out in your social media and in the press of her having a casual coffee with probably Alison Hammond or maybe going for a casual stroll with Derma O'Leary. Whoever her next victim is going to be, there's going to be proof for you to see that they've been friends for the longest of time, best of friends. In fact, more friendly than she ever was with the guy that she's no longer going to talk about. What's your thoughts on that section, Matthew? Um, Well, of course, Holly Willoughby now will wish to reinvent herself. She doesn't want to be linked to any of this, and that's why she's gone on holiday. Um, I just think it's time for a complete 
clean sweep, get rid of the lot of them, start again, bring in somebody fresh. You know, this Ryland character, I wouldn't mind him. I think he'd be good. And uh, he's been on the archers. I, I, I love the archers. You know, I'm an archers addict. <laughs> I, I, there are many things about the archers I hate. And, you know, my, one of my friends, um, he was, he was, he fell off the roof of a building in the archers and he was the local aristocrat. And, and he then tried to make a program about being a ghost. And, and during the lockdown, the BBC canceled that. And, um, so the archers is, I have mixed views. And at the moment they've got, you know, the local nutcase who tried to murder his wife, um, coming back. But, um, I'd rather have something like that, somebody character like that, than um, boring Holly Willoughby. So let's fi- let's finish off what Casey said. Then, please, Ash. Uh, we can expect to see Ruth and Eamon receive no credit whatsoever for being the ones to call out behaviour that everybody at ITV knew. And because they called it out, they were kicked off of this morning and kicked out of ITV. Uh, So good on you, Ruth and Eamon. And also, of course, everybody at every level of that organisation knew right up to the very top. And you can expect none of them to want anything to do with this whatsoever. So stand by for what you're about to see happen uh, to Phil Savile and uh, Schofield, sorry, uh, and all of the ITV gang over the next couple of days. Wow. That's um, interesting what she said at the, the end. Woman in uh... bed, the woman in bed was more interesting. Miss <laughs> 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 um, no, Hopkins... Um, you know, I, I, I've come to, come to correspond and know of her over the years and her row with that woman, Jack Munro, who's gender X and YZ, Q, B, T, whatever, whatever day of the week it is, um, and her libel cases with various people. But Miss um, Hopkins has a point. Um, you know, Ruth, and, Ruth uh, Langsford was quite right to report this man. Um and it seems they got cancelled. I've I've met the I've met Miss Langsford and her husband and Mister uh, Eamon Holmes, but I haven't met them in many years. But um, there's no way back for them, though. I don't think that's they're not going back to there. They're part of this GB News thing now, which is a totally different sphere of reporting. And I don't I don't personally watch GB News because it doesn't fit with my beliefs to be honest question from law is holly's husband one of the bosses um not that i know of question from stanley fox was ricky gervais episode in extras of the married gay man based on schofield um i never watched extras so i can't answer question from chris do you not think Holly is just a yes? Her husband is a big player in the game and she will just do anything that might have been a threat towards her career if she said anything, maybe. Um, I think Holly Willoughby is protecting herself, of course, because why wouldn't you? Um, anyone in that position would because she was part of a you know, TV couple Okay, many of these TV couples like Richard and Judy and Eamon and Ruth are married, but 
Holly and Phil were not married, but they were effectively on screen married. Yes. So she's protecting herself. It's like a divorce. Yes. Question from Screwed Politics. Children in need apparently kept Savile well away from the fundraisers. Did Schofield ever take part? And if not, why? He was a children's BBC presenter after all. Um, well, Screwed Politics keeps writing to me. I don't know who Screwed Politics is as a person, but interesting to hear from them. Um, children in need. Um, I don't know if, if he took part in it, but he he certainly took part in many different BBC-related things, so I would assume he did, but I'm not sure. Question from Kev Shaw. And if you've got any questions for Matthew, please put them in the chat. Appreciate them. Do you think that there may be more runners or younger people who come out and say Philip has done something allegedly? Or is this the one and only time? What's your thoughts, Matthew? Well, nobody has come out and said anything. We must remember that. At this stage in this investigation, you know, this is just hearsay. Yes. I think we must make this quite clear because like David Cameron did when Schofield produced a list of names, you know, uh, a certain Lord McAlpine sued for libel for 100 and he got 125,000 for a list of names. There was a list of what proved to be fictitious because the man who made up those listed names was then subsequently jailed. Um, now, I think that the, the photographs we have seen, they don't look particularly good, do they? That's clear. This man has left before he was forced to leave. That doesn't look very good. Now, I know some of your followers believe that he was sacked, as Eamon Holmes has also said, but ITV have said that, you know, they came to an arrangement, so we can't say he was sacked. But yes, they, there could be other people out there. Um, I don't think Mr Schofield is a thoroughly believable person. I think, I find, I, I, my only encounters with him have been very negative myself, but that's just a person, there's nothing to do with any of this. But yeah, he is a bully without a doubt, because I think at least 15 people have come out and said that, who are well known, who've worked with him. Um, there are probably many more who are too scared to say anything because they don't want to lose their jobs. Mr. Schofield, to me, seems like a very negative person. The only person who seems to love him is, is his mother. And the poor old lady was sat there in a car whilst he was vaping for two hours next to a beach now why did he need to feel the need to go and do that that shows his arrogance in my view if you know he had all this going on why didn't they just sit in the garden at home but they went and parked on a beach for two hours and that poor old lady was forced to sit in a car whilst he was on his phone vaping i think he's a bit delusional well, with the other son getting sentenced to 12 years, he is undoubtedly the favourite son now. Well, the other, son, the other son is clearly a very, very bad person. And, you know, yet another example of a police officer 
who is appalling and destroys our faith in the police. And there are good police officers out there. And I would like to remind people of that because I do deal with the odd good police officer. I have a, an ongoing massacre at the moment with the police. And I, I'm very disappointed and I'm about to make a complaint about a certain police officer. But I... I do say I have encountered over the years some very good police officers. The police officer in my Gina Miller case was absolutely fantastic. You know, he supported me brilliantly when the BNP and the EDL and everybody came after me. And there are good police officers. But that man, Schofield's brother, just like Wayne Cousins, you know, disgusting, absolutely vile. And the police need to take a wholehearted look at themselves, just like the Parliament does. There are 56 MPs currently under investigation for sexual-related offences, it's alleged. There are only 800 MPs. That, that The proportion of pe people in Parliament is far higher than in the police. We need to do something about all of these people. That's what I, I say. It's, it's, it's time for a root and branch reform of both of those institutions. So Anna Perkins has made a comment which is pertinent, and we'll get to get your thoughts on this, Matthew. Schofield's eventual downfall must be by legal means if it involves criminal activities. He must not be condemned by the court of social media alone. Well, I think Anna Perkins speaks great sense. Absolutely, I agree with her. What else could I add to that? You know, she speaks sense. Next question. They have both made millions. They should both retire and give us all a break. Um, well, I think Georgina is stating the obvious, but thank you. We have got Ash locating the Cameron clip. He's going to bring it on momentarily because you did bring Any up... More? The you did bring up, we got tons. You did bring up the uh, well, Lord. That, let's bring up some other ones. I, I think, you know, uh, something a bit more challenging. You want something a bit more challenging? So the Cameron clip does show kind of that Schofield, if he was up to the things being alleged, that he was kind of deflecting, do you think? Um. I think in that instance, he was being sensational and he thought it would make himself popular. He thought he was onto a winning ticket. He didn't think it would affect himself. But he didn't realise that the person that made the allegations was subsequently proven to be a complete liar and was then charged and arrested for ruining people's lives and that Lord McAlpine would sue. And Lord McAlpine his name was so clearly there. Oh, I found this list of names on the internet and, uh, and he shows it on the screen. He's been a veteran TV presenter, allegedly. He should have known better. Shame on him. I, I, I am all for outing, you know, terrible people. You know, I've, I've been involved in so many cases of abuse and terrible things, you know, like the Stuart Lubbock case, um, all sorts of other cases and victims of Rolf Harris, Max Clifford, you know, and I had my run-in with Max Clifford's daughter and her friends. Oh, yes, lovely people they all are. Um, I've gone after a lot of these people, Stuart Hall. But I didn't go on TV and 
put a list in front of a prime minister when he just found it on the internet? Did he ever do any proper research? No. The man's a moron. Showed he was a complete burk. Terrible thing to do. And Lord McAlpine died an innocent man. Whatever people think of him, whether they, you know, the sad thing is, as, um, you know, Neil and Christine Hamilton, who I happen to know, um, said to me, you know, they were accused of such a thing by a woman who it was provable. They were never in, never met her ever. But forevermore, you are associated with such rubbish. And, you know, my mother had a friend who he was falsely accused of um, raping a woman and he went to prison. And then subsequently it was proven she was a complete fantasist. She'd made it up. But there are people in the local community who continue to say, oh, well, you know, with, with, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. And that's what he did by doing that with that list. And that was a shameful thing to do. Shame on Philip Schofield. And he was forced to apologize and pay 125000 in damages. And he should have been sacked at that very point, I would say. That's when he should have gone. We're going to bring the apology in right now, the video. Ash is going to pull it up because he said the bit with David Cameron has been scratched off YouTube. And you know McAlpine family members, don't you? And it, 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 I it do was know traumatic. some of the McAlpine family, yes. And... And I like the McAlpines, very nice people, very decent people. They do a lot of charitable work. They own the Flying Scotsman. I used to go up to their place in Henley-on-Thames and, you know, they have a railway in the garden and they had wallabies and all sorts of beautiful creatures. Here we go. Here's the apology. Let's get the play button pressed on that one. Stories in the news and uh, this morning dominates a lot of the headlines after Philip and Holly's interview with Prime Minister David Cameron yesterday. Now, while discussing speculation about child abuse allegations, Philip produced a list of names he'd found on the web the night before the show. Unfortunately, when showing this list to the Prime Minister, it was briefly and inadvertently shown on camera. Now, Philip has apologised, uh, saying if any viewer was able to identify anyone listed, I'd like to apologise and stress that was never my intention. So there we have it. Well, that's that's an apology from uh, someone on his behalf. But no, he was he and ATV were forced to pay one hundred and twenty five thousand pounds in damages, which is not mentioned there. And a few people have pointed out in the chat that Holly is married to a big wig at ITV, and they would like us to um, comment on that. Have you got any thoughts on that? Um, I I've not looked into Holly's husband. So I can't really add anything of any note but um yes she is a connected person to lots of people but but anyone in those circles is i call it the club they all stick together so it works next question matthew is from isabella what kind of older man goes to have lunch with a young teenager and spends time with them alone of course there's something unsavory and sick about it no normal adult does that well, um, it doesn't look particularly good, but, um, you know, people go to people do have mentors in their life, but I don't think in this case that was the, 
the situation. You know, um, when I was a child, I, I, I enjoyed spending time with the older people because I found them more interesting. I found most children a little bit boring, to be honest, because I was, I read very widely, but um, I don't know. Um, I, I, I would say the, the question is fair enough. Here's my co-host, Stephen Knight, and he's got some questions for you, Matthew, okay. on the Philip Schofield situation. Right, okay. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it seems rather odd, isn't it, that he's left this, this show, or been fired, rather. He's, he was a massive um, earner there. The viewer, viewer figures weren't terrible, and it all seems amicable on the face of it. And I suppose what people are wondering is, will there be some huge res, uh, revelations down the line? regarding Philip Schofield? Well, I think um, Mr. Schofield has uh, has come to the end of his line I, with that programme, for sure. There's no way back there. But um, he, he has a lot of open questions as a result of the, the, the new world we live in, which is social media. You know, ten years ago, if this had happened it would have not happened in the way it happened because there would be no videos of young people with him in restaurants and there'd be there'd be no evidence of him insulting other people because there wouldn't be GB News who, you know, and Eamon Holmes getting angry. And um, I think he, he, he thought that he was bigger than he really was, but that's what inevitably happens with people like that. For sure. I think it's really interesting to me as well that he, I mean, it doesn't feel to me, at least certainly in the official statements, that ITV are firing him from the channel and cutting ties with him completely. It just feels like it's this one TV show as he's kind of implied himself that he'll be on hosting duties later on this year for, I think, uh, either television or movie award program for ITV. So, I mean, it, it might just all come down to a breakdown in the relationship between Holly and Philip rather than some big scandal bubbling in the background. Um, well, I think that their relationship, yes, has broken down, but um, the issue for ITV is commerciality and their, their priority is profitability. And they have other commitments with him. And, of course, if you're a a, a publicly listed um, business, then you would want to keep going with somebody who you are, have paid money to. So, of course, if they think he is worthwhile keeping, they'll keep him as long as he's worthwhile keeping. That's what they will work it out on the basis of. He is only as much use as his next show, really. Um, like any actor, you know, like, the, you know, the, I, I remember I had a friend who was in this program, Emmerdale. And there was another actor at the same time. And I met this person and this person got accused of beating somebody up. And they just immediately, they went, you're no longer worthwhile to us. Bye. And they cancelled the contract. Now, it, it, that is how it works. Because the TV show, your ratings are your profits. So if Philip can bring in ratings, he's still relevant. But if he can't bring in ratings, he's of no use. This ties into one of the viewers' points here. Do you think that ITV will end the contract to his other shows or keep him on? My perspective is that these entities, these broadcasters, don't give a hoot about what he's done. 
all they care about is when the public are going to find out about this. And in the meantime, they try and rinse as much money out of the brand as possible. So to answer Chris, my answer is, Chris, if it does become a criminal matter or if there is another disclosure of a more serious nature, perhaps pertaining to the allegations circling about runners, something like that could cause ITV to end the contracts on his other shows. What do you think, Matthew? Um, well, I think you're entirely right, you know, that, but they, um, they, they will keep him as long as he's useful. That's, that's exactly logical for their, their business. They are a business. Let's, you know, this is, this is, this, let's not forget that ITV is a company. It's there to make a profit. It doesn't care about anything else. It's, if they make programs about, you know, you know, people singing on and dancing on ice or whatever, and that that's popular. They'll keep making it. If they make a program with Philip Schofield about whatever he wants to talk about, and it's popular, they'll keep on making it. But if people go, we don't want any more of this, they stop because making programs is a very expensive habit. Um, so, yes, if something emerges about him they may change their mind but until then they will probably try and keep him reluctantly because he is a bit toxic he's clearly a bit toxic without a doubt <laughs> but they're not going to get rid of somebody until it's necessary what do you think Stephen? it's interesting to think what may or may not be happening behind the scenes i suppose if you're being um well, it's charitable and both cynical at the same time. This new idea of out with the old and in with the new. Philip Schofield's been around forever now. He's, I think he's in his 60s. Is he? He's 20 years older than Holly. I think maybe a lot of platforms are thinking it's a good idea to, to revamp and bring in, in fresh blood. Maybe this has just been used as the perfect excuse uh, for ITV to do that as well. And this plays back into what Matthew was saying about how, you know, it's all a, a commercial enterprise it's about the bottom line and they'll do what makes them money and maybe philip schofield just isn't bringing in the viewers or doesn't appeal to a certain sort of demographic anymore and i think a lot of the public opinion on both holly and philip did sour significantly after the whole q jumping controversy uh after the death of the, the queen and it doesn't seem like they've managed to kind of get the back into favour with the, the general public since then. So maybe this is just an excuse for ITV to freshen things up a bit. Well, you're quite right. The queue jumping was the was the the zeitgeist of them failing the nation. And they they didn't get it right. They they didn't understand their public. And they're meant to reflect their public. They're not meant as as the the person who I spoke to earlier said I think the whole lot of ITV, none of them are journalists, all of them presenters. Get proper journalists, get back talk and proper debate. That is what that program lacks. It is, it's them bigging up themselves. And that is not what people want. I think it's time for a new era, wash the whole lot of them away, bring in some new people. You know, I think this Ryland character could be quite fun. I've met him. He's a bit different. He can cross all sorts of divides. Um, you know, people like that. And or bring back Fern Britain. She's a very sensible lady. Um, but 
these two need to both be consigned to history. So Ash is going to bring another clip in so far about Holly being described as a snake. I'd be interested to see what Ash is going to bring in right now because I think she has outmaneuvered Schofield. Here we go. Let's um, see what's coming being under said. fire for its continued association with Philip Schofield after he was ousted from his role as presenter on its flagship show this morning. Phil is set to host the Soap Awards next week, with the broadcaster fearing his involvement could spark a backlash. And Woke ITV is yet to confirm if Phil will continue to host Dancing on Ice when the show televises in January next year. Now, former Culture Secretary Nadine Dorries, who until a few months ago was tasked with handling the government's broadcasting policy, slammed ITV for how it's dealt with the... Yeah, so... We have had news since this broadcast that Schofield is confirmed to be doing this show in Salford at the beginning of June. I just wanted to interject that there. And, um, you like an interjection, that. yes, yes. Parish <laughs> <Irish> Council matters. <laughs> you know where we get this um, from, the lady in Cheshire. She's a very good interjection. It's, 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 it's unknown right these are internal conversations we don't know exactly how the relationship with phil and holly broke down we don't know exactly we don't exactly know what's going on but i can see that if he's not allowed to host this morning then it doesn't make sense that he'd be able to host anything else and i sort of feel like he and i don't think he will should have the dignity to be like you know what i had a lot of great years i had the best job in television and now i'm going to tastefully step back he's made a lot of money he could do something else but i think he's going to make their life really well he's furious a narcissistic psychopath is not going to step back, are they, Matthew? It's ego at this point. Well, I don't know who Rebecca Reed is, but I, I, she sounds a bit aggressive, to be honest. Um, the, the typical GB News, and I'm not a fan of GB News, as you probably gather. But um, uh, yes, he will not be stepping back because he's equally arrogant. Um, he will not be defecting to GB News because clearly they hate him because um, Eamon's there, so there won't be any tr chance of that. But I think he'll find a role for himself somewhere. I really do, because he's he's he is a bit of a chameleon. He can reinvent himself. You know, him and Gordon the Gopher and all the rest of the weird things he's done over the years. Um, <laughs> you know, so he, you know his his talk about the ghosts. Did I tell you? I I don't know whether the people heard about the talk of the ghosts. Let me read you the quote. Uh, Go for it. This is what he said about ghosts in his past life. He said, I have a rule about never borrowing money. I was murdered in a past life over a debt. I opened the door to silence and felt horror wash over me. Three steps in and I saw them, two murdered bodies on the floor. Knew they were my wife and small child. Horror turned to fury. I knew they were dead. I owed money to two brothers who worked at the end of the street in a sawmill. The brother then found me, dragged me outside, punched me to the ground. As my head hit the mud, he repeatedly stamped on it until I was dead. And that is what he said. And then he said he would never go to a church ever again. <laughs> I find this man a little bit warped of mind. I'd say he's stir-fried brain. Um, there's something not quite right about Philip Schofield in my mind. It's interesting, isn't it? I, I suppose once you get to the stature of someone like Philip Schofield uh, and you are you are practically an institution yourself, you can have all sorts of crazy fantasies and, and kooky beliefs. And I don't yes, think well, anyone anyone in his circle will say that that's a bit 
it's a bit much. Well, well you Maybe. know, of, of the videos that they said were his 10 worst moments, they had Noel Edmonds going on about, you know, somehow he used some device to cure himself of cancer. And, you know, Noel Edmonds is equally bonkers. But I think these people do get a little carried away with themselves. Um, and that is why it's time for a clean sweep. Right, Ash, can you continue the clip, please? Yeah, and, and I can see why, but because he's the kind of person who gets furious, right? But you'll notice that when, and I'm sorry to bring him up, Amanda, but when Piers went from Good Morning Britain... Piers Morgan. Yes. Why was, are you sorry to bring that up? Because... The, your ex-TV. Because he, yeah. he's, yeah. he's your ex-boyfriend. He wasn't like my boyfriend. Um, well... <laughs> it was more, more serious than that. Yeah, much more serious than boyfriend. <laughs> Boyfriends are ten a penny. Um, but you, you'll notice that the people who worked below him and around him did not line up to kick him. And here you are seeing that people are lining up to take shots at Phil well, because indeed. he hurt people. Alleged, I think I've heard he wasn't very nice to people. That's true. I mean, if you're going to act arrogant on the way up, those people you abuse are going to have their knives out on the way down. I completely agree. But I would also say I would hope Rebecca Reed never becomes the host of any TV show because I find her a bit aggressive and Amanda Patel <laughs> was a great friend of Rolf Harris so I would hope she never gets promoted. I knew her when she worked for William Hague and um, I have to say I don't like her either but this Rebecca woman no thanks, definitely no. That's a no from me she's not, she's she's 150 to 1 in my, on my, my betting card. Let's let's boot this <laughs> let's boot this video off then, uh, Matthew. And you said, you know, we're on the subject of Rolf Harris here. Did you have anything to add on Rolf? Well, I've I've had a message from one of Rolf's victims today, actually. Um, oh my goodness! Yeah, I I I I, I speak with several of them, um, and of course, you know, I met him and horrible man, vile, horrible person. Um, all she asked me to say is, I'm glad he's gone. Peace for me at last. I never wish to hear his name again. That's how one of his victims feels. A lady who I know who was abused by him as a child. Um, and I've also had all the hate mail from his fan club. Um, I've had dealings with since 2013, I believe. Uh, a lady called Lizzie Cornish, whose real name is Lisa Root. Um, all of these people have, and my article today refers to how I've had dealings with a whole lot of the horrible crowd and the mad daughter who came back for the profiteering. And you know, I think people are just glad he's gone. And I hope the sooner he is erased and forgotten, the better. For you know, I think it's extraordinary because I'm amazed that, I mean, even if he wasn't a notorious paedophile, I'm amazed that he'd have fans in that context. How, how big are this? How big is this pro Rolf Harris army you're speaking of? <laughs> that's, that's astounding to me. Well, I, I've known people who simply liked him on television. I spoke to somebody today who said he was disappointed by the fact that this man was proven to be what he was. Um, but no, the fan club, they, no, they, they wrote me some terrible things over the years. Uh, I was called the cesspit of humanity for, for daring to expose his antics. Um, uh, put that on I, was I was reported to the police, Devon and Cornwall police, along with many other people, once a week for several years. 
by this mad woman. Um, she um, she said some completely bizarre things. I, I don't know if I can get them on. I could give me a chance. Keep talking and I'll find you some examples. Well, while, while you do that, Matthew, we're going to bring in another clip of something okay. pertaining to Schofield, I believe. And this clip is coming from the kids say no campaign and it's to do with rolf harris sorry not schofield it's to do with rolf harris let's bring that up then let's get this going well let's try and practice what we've learned about yes and no feelings as i tell you this next story if something starts to give you a no feeling tell me that's giving me a no feeling because i want you to learn to trust your feelings and also tell me if it's giving you a yes feeling. Okay, let's pretend that it's after school and you're playing and there's nothing much to do. It's a bit boring. And suddenly these big boys come up and they invite just you four to join their special club. What? Uh, yes, he, he was able to front campaigns against abuse. Disgraceful. So he's another one hiding in plain sight. He well, he he was clever, like all of those kind of people. You you choose who you're friends with. Offense is the best. They say that they'll take you secret hideout. And they how does that sound? By being hold on, hold on, Matthew, hold on. on. They didn't invite anyone else, and we could find a new place to play. Now they lead you to a hut in the woods, and they take off the blindfold, and they say that if you want to stay in their club. You've got to take off your clothes and play a game. No, that's not right. I don't like that. So, what are you going to do? I... Wow. It's absolutely disgraceful. I've never seen anything like this before. But his victims, though, were entirely female. I'm not saying it excuses this video, but... Um, yeah, he liked his youngest victim was seven, which is makes him particularly utterly reprehensible. Well, you know, I'd say that's probably worse than the Savile one because the Savile man was, you know, went after people he found here, there, and everywhere. Most of the people he victimized were people his own child, his own daughter, brought to the home, you know, and. and they were people who were close to him. And this was the same with Stuart Hall. You know, they they didn't they didn't go after random people. It, it was people who trusted them. So parents would bring the children to the home because they thought, oh, this nice man, you know, the man with the didgeridoo who lived at the end of the road. And he lived in that house for 60 years. The local community thought he was trustworthy, and that that makes it, it kind of, in a way, worse because Savile was like this weird loner who never got married, and you know all he cared about was his mother. But Rolf Harris, people have written to me today, nasty, crazy people, and said, "Oh, he was such a great neighbour. He was so lovely, and you shouldn't be unkind about him." There are people who still believe him completely innocent. Do you and want to keep very... that clip going, Ash? Keep the clip going, let's see what happens. Don't know. First of all, tell them to stop talking like that. But if they go ahead and make you do it anyway, 
what can you do? Love is the man that shot. Wow. Crazy, huh? Well, he he was he, he he was so audacious, he thought he could do whatever he wanted. That's 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 the character of that man. He's a monster. Without a doubt. He's a wicked, wicked person and well he was and thankfully he's dead. Um but the fact is that he knew how to get, you know, himself there he was on the sofa with Boris Johnson, and there he was painting the Queen. You know, this is a man who knew how to play a game. You know, he when he left Australia, he was disliked there. There were rumors about him when he left. Nobody in Australia wanted him back. Um, there's something very, very odd about him that he, you know, the, the didgeridoo and the two little boys song and the all the, it was, there was so much, and the woman, the wife, you know, with her weird beads out of her head and her weird druid type beliefs and the daughter who disowned him for most of his, her life, but she came back when she thought she could get the money. And I've got, I've got, you know, she, she made references. Um, I've, I've got, I've got the quotes. Um, so she planned to write a book to defend him when he failed in all his appeals. And she said, um, someone got hold of her plans and says, does this mean my father has suddenly found sex at the age of 87? Good for him, I say. I hope I'm still thinking of sex at that age. This is Bindi Nichols, his daughter. He can barely run or get upstairs, so it's great he can let, get the energy to fantasise at least. Um, and then she said, how many page three models are there over the age of 20? How many people have looked at Britney Spears in the video of her dressed in a schoolgirl outfit? Well, I can tell you my dad is no sexual predator. He's no murderer or kiddie fiddler. Dad is from the age of Benny Hill, carry on films. He's Australian, which was pretty male chauvinist in those days. That is the era he is from. So sometimes he says non-PC jokes. He loves a flirt which he does very openly, much to my embarrassment. But I've met many a great man from my dad's generation like that. It's harmless, and you know it doesn't lead anywhere. Dad loves to give compliments to women so they feel good. No other reason. That's how his daughter felt about what he did. His own daughter, who brought her friends to the house. And one she of those victims, she said, the daughter, the, 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 the person that was abused, she said, Oh, she comes from a family that likes a drink. And she liked to drink herself. So that's probably why it happened. And he didn't have sex with her until she was at the right age. But he did it twice. And it doesn't really matter because he didn't really, it didn't mean anything to my dad. That was to the own daughter. So I think they're all warped of mind. But now she stands to inherit rather a lot of money because his royalties continue. Nonetheless, it's like Gary Glitter. They, the money comes. Anything to add to that, Stephen? I mean, there's no righting the wrongs of either uh, Savile or uh, Harris, especially where their victims are concerned. I can't, I can't imagine. Uh, but I suppose, in some small way, I I'm glad Rolf Harris was alive to see his 
reputation, go down in tatters and, and spend time behind bars uh, before he, he shuffled off. Something that wasn't afforded uh, to Jimmy Savile, unfortunately. Too much secrecy around him, too many people covered for him, too many institutions enabled it, and he managed to get away scot-free in the end, which is uh, a huge injustice. Hayley's with us. Hayley, how are you doing? Sorry about that. I am good. How are you? Yeah, very good. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Sorry to interrupt you. That's all right. Screwed of me. <laughs> you, you call it an interruption. I consider it saving me from the glare <laughs> of the camera and a microphone. Cool. But, uh, how are we? Where are you located? Um, I'm in Staley Bridge, not far out of Manchester, UK. It's so, right on the corner. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, what's your accent? Where are you? I'm, I'm North Manchester uh, as well. Okay. So that's cool. cool. Could have done this in a beer garden, really, couldn't we? It's glorious. I know, couldn't we? Yeah. I know. Tell me about it. It's just long. May it continue. Yeah, it's that's so... all I can say. I'm so sick of this rubbish weather. <laughs> those, those who might not know, us Brits in the northwest <laughs> don't see a lot of sun. As a matter of fact, there, there are some people on my street throwing weapons at it right now as, as, a, yeah. as some sort of elemental threat. Um, yeah. But yeah, so Haley, maybe you can tell us a little bit about yourself uh, and your story. And I believe, obviously, you, you've waived the right to uh, anonymity in this regard as well. Yeah. Yes, yeah, I did. Um, that was, well, it was something that I didn't expect that I was ever going to do. I didn't know that that was going to happen. So basically, in um, 2014, um, I had um, a complete mental breakdown Um lost my job. I worked as an actress, so it takes a bit thick skin. So I lost a lot of work, didn't know what was happening with me, went to see a counsellor, got diagnosed with um, depression, anxiety. And um, I said the words to him, I was in a relationship with my teacher when I was 12 to 15. And that was the moment that it all changed, really. He um, took me down a different path. I spent years not thinking there was anything wrong with it the way it was portrayed in the media anybody I ever told like oh I had a fling with my teacher when I was at school they either know someone that did or it had happened to them so it was almost like this in-house secret that goes on within our society that's kind of socially acceptable so I spent years just thinking I was going through life and then I thought, this is wrong. My counsellor taught me it was wrong. And I told the police. And from that moment on, um, he was arrested. He was charged. Um, he admitted, eventually, he admitted to five offences. Um, and he ended up with uh, 20 months. He pled guilty. Um, he ended up with a 20-month sentence and 10 years on the sex offenders register. That 10 years runs out in four years' time. Um, he's been able to change his name. He's been able to go back into work. And I decided that I saw s these salacious headlines about teacher students. And I saw a lot of victim blaming. And I thought, OK, they want a victim blame. I'll put my name to that victim. So I decided to come out for the very first time to help other people. I found out he worked as a supply teacher in 14 to 17 other schools around this country. 
that, that's even thought, after the con post-conviction as well. No, sorry, this is pre-conviction. Right, so okay. this happened to me. So obviously mine was, and I think there sometimes needs to be a little bit more, uh, I didn't have any understanding of it, historical sex offences. 20, 30, 40 years ago, we was taught children should be seen, not heard. You listen to your adults. It was very much stranger danger. Don't go with a stranger. No one likes to talk about how close to home it can sometimes be, that we put our children with teachers who we trust, with sports coaches who we trust. We have all of that. And um, I, yeah, so I didn't think there was anything wrong with it. And as I've seen and got to know fellow survivors, I think the reason that I speak so much and the reason that you are constantly triggered within the media with the recent Philip Schofield and you you put a tweet out I went on this morning they were the one of the first media streams to get in touch with me after I waived my right to anonymity I trusted them I went on that show and I was interviewed by Philip and Holly and I didn't have a good experience now I didn't know whether that was to do with my own feelings am I just feeling all of these things and um, as it's come out in the media, I didn't know it at the time, as it's come out in the media, the runner that Philip is accused is actually the runner that was looking after myself and my partner all day. So it became very close to home. And I put a tweet out there and I realised that exactly the same questions and victim blaming were being thrown around at me and other survivors that we jump on coattails. We only do it for um, money to get books, to get deals, to be in the media. And I can just want to let people know that, unfortunately, it is those closest to us. And teacher-student relationships are depicted just as that. They're not depicted as abuse. You know, I've heard, um, you know, Britney Spears and the schoolgirl and the outfit has been mentioned on different things. And I know we've come a long way since that. But as with a lot of subjects, it's not going further enough. And child sex abuse is so triggering to people. The, the, the guilt, the shame that the survivor feels will stay with them for life, even as they're talking openly. And... It's just, I'm here trying to let other people know and that there's safety in a survivor network. You might not feel safe all the time, but I know and I've had students reach out to me that there is no teaching of this in their schools. Had they not seen my interview, had they not seen my book or another survivor of it, they wouldn't know this is going on. So there's no education. And when these teachers, if you look, they are moved on. They don't like to share this information. It brings the school into complete disrepute. Mm -hmm. So they keep it in-house. And I don't know if anyone has ever had that moment where they've heard the gossip. They know something's going on and it's about understanding what grooming looks like. It's not always nasty. It's not always giving the child drugs 
alcohol and and feeding them that way. It's getting them involved in their club, getting them involved in um, their after-schools club, having a reason to have the one-to-ones with them, whether that be for a positive or a negative reason. And it's just really realising that people go into these jobs and we place trust in them. And it's just about us being aware that sometimes they can still slip through the net no matter how many checks are done. Because as you know, like with my abuser, for instance, in 2006, he will be off the sex offenders register. He's done his time, he's pled his guilt um, and he'll be free to change his name and, and, and work again. And I don't think that that is a tough enough sentence for a perpetrator. Sure. I don't know, we've got a long way to go with that. Well, let, um, let, I mean, you said something interesting there, and I think a lot of people who are maybe fortunate enough to have not experienced grooming or know, you know how it works, how it operates, and obviously mm. you've got your own personal experience with it, and you've obviously spoken to many survivors since, and yeah. I imagine you've you've all had fairly similar experiences in the way it, it can be. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a huge spectrum. Um, there can, and I think sometimes that's where I want all survivors, anyone that might be listening, that oh, mine's not as bad as that, or that didn't, that oh, that didn't quite happen to me. Well, it's all when you cross that line, there is a position of trust. When a teacher crosses that line, and I don't think the pressure should be on the child, the child should be free to have, we go through hormones, we should be free to have crushes on teachers. But as survivors, I think people that think that they've um, not had it as bad as somebody else, they can almost start to think I don't deserve to tell my story I don't deserve to tell my truth because my abuser some people don't even realize it I thought it for years that he loved me well let's let's I mean talk about it specifically if, if you're comfortable with this and we, we can I'll I mean it'd be, certainly I it'd be, try to sure I mean it might be helpful for people if they could hear uh, you know how this started when it started in what ways did it start uh, okay Yes, yeah, so bearing in mind this was the 90s. Right. Um, so um, this was when the offence actually took place. Um, it was extremely subtle. He was very... At 12 years old, The now I realise as an adult the grooming began, but it looked like um, praising me. Um, giving this guy, me... Was it this guy a full-time teacher at school? Yes, he was my full-time drama teacher. Sorry, drama teacher. yes. Okay. Um, yeah, it was my full-time drama teacher. And um, so gave me extra attention. Um, gave me reason to be in his office alone to collect uh, pens, costume, stay after class. Sometimes it could be an excuse that I'd been naughty so he needs to talk to me after class and then it's little things like you have a pretty face you have pretty eyes oh I bet lots of boys your own age fancy you and so it's taking it that way and then slowly but surely with me it was um the touches under a desk with 
a class full of people, including other teachers. And then it was being in his office alone. And unfortunately, a lot of the offences that happened to me happened within the school grounds. So I had um, everything other than penetrative sex with this teacher um, within his within school grounds, within his office, which um, was on a corridor where people were walking past. So it he made me feel that we've it's quiet, it's wrong, but I'm wrong. He won't get into trouble. I will get into trouble. So it, it's feeding you. And what also you happened to me was he befriended my parents through parents' evening by telling them what a wonderful child they had, how well behaved she was, and then basically um, gave me the part, um, the lead part in the next play. And that's where at 13 years old, the abuse really ramped up. And then at 14, I visited his house, I've met his wife, he had a young child, um, my oh, parents wow. were invited there, he groomed the whole family. His Everybody was involved, his best friend was involved um of the time um i know another student at my school did go through something similar to me with the same teacher and um, but haven't waived their right to anonymity um so these are the only charges that he's been done for and that's what i also you see in the newspapers as well they've been charged with this amount of offenses that's just the tip of the iceberg hmm. that's what they've been able to really find out in black and white because it's a really lengthy police process. There's something I just wanted to pick up on there that sh like yeah. really stood out to me. And with you saying that he he touched you inappropriately under a desk it, yeah. in 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 a room full of people. I mean that that's extraordinary. Always. It's brazen. Yeah. Um, I mean how how would he how would he do this? I, I mean uh, literally how would he do this? I, I you'd the you'd have to ask him i mean i can only presume that he part of it for him i think it's the same with these people that are in the public eye it's this feeling of danger and they're getting away with it it's the power how powerful they must feel in that moment how power must powerful must he feel that he can do that and nobody sees not one person and even if somebody did Certainly they didn't say anything at the at the time. And certainly no one's come out to say anything since to me. So I can only assume my abuser, um, and there is a theme that it is about power, it's about control. It's they must feel like such little people inside of them that the only way that they can feel powerful is to get hold of somebody younger, somebody more vulnerable, somebody that is pliable, somebody that isn't going to ask that many questions. Because when you're that age, you know, you're, you do as you're told, you're, you're kept at school, you're in a regime, you're told you behave by your parents. If you don't behave by your parents, you'll get tension, you get told off, you get letters sent home. So it can all come back on you. It can all come back on you. And if you look at the victim blaming that does go on, we will straight away with historical sex offences get why now, 
why are you bothering coming out now? Surely you should have known. Um, why do you want to ruin somebody's family? You've, um, they don't understand that through nice abuse, through abuse that looks like love, when they teach you how to have a sexual relationship and you lose your virginity to your abuser, it's something you have to live with for the rest of your life. You have a detached relationship forever and ever because of what they did to you. And it can really have a detrimental effect, your mental health, your job. I nearly lost my home because I couldn't keep up with the payments of the mortgage. So it has that real knock-on effect. And I suppose I just it's finding it. And for the people in power, we need things in place for them. We need things in place that they know they can't get away with it anymore because we are looking. It needs to be a conversation and it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable and it's not nice to have, but we need to be having it on platforms like this, which is brilliant. And I thank you for that, for allowing somebody to actually have a voice on this very difficult subject. Uh, honestly, uh, you know, uh, pleasure is the wrong word to use, I suppose. For such a I know it's a difficult uh, one, isn't it? Yeah. Like, I, we're very grateful that you're here to talk about this because it, it makes a huge difference to people who are unsure whether to speak up, I suppose, knowing that you've done it and you're, 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 you've managed, you're a perfect example of somebody who can be successful and there is life after this. And, you know, it makes a huge difference. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I suppose something so. that it interests me a little bit is this idea of, um, I mean, you spoke about how your uh, abuser would isolate you. To, so access is very important to these people, of course. Yes. And the thing about the profession of a school teacher is there are kids everywhere. And, and we would obviously accept overwhelmingly the majority of teachers just want what's best for their children and aren't. Of threat. course. But do these professions, do these professions attack, attract these type or is it a case of he possibly wasn't that type and then he saw an opportunity down the road, do you think? I think it can, you can probably say it It could be both. You yeah. can say that, because there is, it's, if you really do look at it for a perpetrator, for a paedophile, for somebody that is attracted to young people, what's a great place to work? If you enjoy power and control that somebody, you can literally hold someone back after school. You can um, call them into your office you know that for the most point, there's nowhere else for that student to go. So I suppose if they're finding themselves, if they're that way inclined, that they're attracted to children, then yeah, I suppose it's not a bad thing to, to go into. But as we all know, it's not the only profession. It's just my, my one happens to be a teacher. And I personally do think that it's something that it's easy to sweep aside within a school until we can't sweep it aside anymore. And then that creates more and more victims. And it's about nipping it in the bud right at that moment and, and knowing what those red flags are. And I know it's a gray area because I totally agree with you. The majority of teachers are fantastic. They want to do a good job. And it's just when these nasty insidious ones 
get through, it can have a huge detrimental effect. And they can keep abusing and going from school to school to school to school. And again, with a name change as well, you can also do that. Do you think in a way um, we have to reevaluate the teacher pupil relationship in the in this climate just as a safeguarding exercise because i think we we all i think many of us would would know that having a relationship with a teacher a perfectly innocent and teacher student relationship can be quite yeah. rewarding in that sense it can yeah. be very important to development yeah. i've come away from school with you know remembering the names of teachers i had great respect for who'd set me straight or take an individual interest in something i was doing yeah. for instance yeah. however obviously that can be exploited as it was in in your case i mean do we have mm. to what sensible measures can we put in to improve safeguarding do you think I would love to see somebody independent within a school that is not employed by the school that people know that they can go to where they're not going to be told on, that it's not going to go straight back to that person or a safe space to talk about these things. I, the last thing I want is to put the fear of God in anyone going to school because the same as yourself, I've still come away with some beautiful relationships with school teachers um i did think i had one with this one it just all flipped on its head once i realized what was happening to me um and i think it's about having the correct um government safeguarding in place that teachers know about that they know where to go where to report and they need somebody that is independent so the school don't think that it's going, they constantly don't think that one bad teacher is going to make the school bad. Mm. And I think it's just about creating safe environments, safe spaces. If we have open conversations, but the children need to know that they're not going to be told on, that it's not their fault, that they're not going to get blamed, then they're not going to be dragged into a, a headmaster's office or um, be told off by anybody else because they've told on a teacher. So yeah. just a, a safe space of someone. And also remember that perpetrators, they need allies, they need friends. So they will, they can charm people. That's why when we come out and say, this person's abused me, you will get people saying, well, they never did it to me. Or, or I always thought they were lovely. Well, they were absolutely fine with me. So we have, they, they need allies. They're generally very warm, welcoming, charming people. And so um, they will have a unit around them. And as the victim, you will feel so lonely that, you know, they've got all of those mm. people. They've got all of those people to basically say that I'm a liar. And so I suppose it's having those open conversations that we can see when someone is grooming, we know what the grooming does look like. And just to keep our children safe in their place of education, place they are made to go, have to be in education until they're 16 years old and for them in the UK and for them to feel safe but I truly think it needs to be an independent body not checked by the school it's completely part of um, a police package as I know some people have police officers on site and um, if there's particular problems within the school and um, have someone there 
that the children always knows about and allow people as schools as well. It'd be great if they would allow people to come in and have this conversation openly in PSHE for certain students and, and cover this subject and um, really let them know that it's safe. Do you think the culture may have changed to have raised awareness in, in an extent? Because I think like like you, I, I went through high school in the 90s. Yeah. And for me, I, I don't think I would have known what a paedophile was. I wouldn't have even had the language to describe something like that. The idea that adults would engage in them sort of mm-hmm. things just wouldn't cross my mind. Since yeah. then, we've had high, the high profile cases of, you know, Rolf Harris is in the news right yeah. now. We've had Jimmy Savile, Gary yeah. Glitter. Do you think... Mm-hmm. Kids are a bit, uh, I say kids, young adults, mm. teenagers, maybe a bit more um, uh, attuned to it than maybe we were now? Yes, 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 definitely. I do think they are. Um, it, uh, what saddened me slightly was how many messages I had from that age group um, after my book came out that they don't know. They're not taught this. It's not, um, a lot of schools can get to choose if they're a private um, school, if they're not under a government body, they they can choose what is in their PSHE classes. Mm. So they might not necessarily want to teach about sex and, and health. Um, so they can certainly not necessarily talk about what goes on in grooming because I think people are getting worried that if that comes in too early, with a child that they might be more susceptible to it or they can live in this fear. But I do think what, what is great is that there's definitely more, um, there's more places for children to go because they can look at things like this. They don't just have four channels to choose from and a couple of news outlets. So they are getting to hear different debates and, and different things, but then they're also subjected to um, shows um, that depict the student-teacher relationship very um, almost like an affair and 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 sexualized. And I know a lot of people have done it and taken it different ways, and that is great. And we, it just needs to keep going that way. We just need to keep having this conversation. And I suppose it not always be um, that when someone in the media is spoken about that now we talk about it again, that it keeps being spoken about and um yeah unlike you I do believe that uh, our young people of today have got far more knowledge of what a paedophile looks like like I said for me it was just stranger danger you don't get in a car with a stranger you don't take sweets from a stranger you don't take money you don't go back to anybody's house that you don't know but again once you start to know these people excuse me um, and they start to um, get into your um, life and they they might groom a family or then it can um, it can be taken in a different way. And we just need to make sure that in all schools, it's not always at the home, that we keep it and we keep having this conversation and our young people can keep growing in their education and their knowledge. And for young girls and young boys out there to realize that they're allowed to have these feelings, they're allowed to have these hormones, but whoever is in the position of trust, that they are not allowed to cross that line. And I think that's the most important message. 
I definitely uh, wholeheartedly agree there. And you mentioned something interesting at the start of the show about how the media presents a lot of these uh, cases. And I, yeah. I overwhelmingly accept the, the, the majority of perpetrators in this crime are adult men, for sure. But every once in a while, uh, this is flipped and we find uh, a, a female teacher is responsible for yeah. grooming the male. And this <clears> seems to be quite a... Often. Quite a weird way this is often reported or discussed about there's always there's often obviously a, a nudge nudge and a wink wink about this and sometimes it's almost fetishized or celebrated mm -hmm. uh, and i mean uh, you probably noticed this as well what are your thoughts on this this kind of uh disparity that yes i i, I could not agree more and of uh, yeah the perpetrators come in all shapes and sizes sexes it's it, it is <clears throat> it is both i think Again, it's the same thing. It's the, it's the boys will be boys. Yes. Um, so it very much becomes. And again, we need to just let young boys know that it's okay to speak about your feelings openly, openly and uh, not push them to think it's cool to be with an older woman, to go into that, to... Well, I suppose we've got all these phrases. We've got MILF, you know, with the, the, mm. we've got all the... the the porn channels that you can watch is all there and sometimes you can be searching for something online it pops up in your face even when you don't want to see it <laughs> so if that's happened to me which is awkward you when know, you're in the library for sure it really is <laughs> <laughs> um so yes it does happen the other way around and young boys i can completely Again, it's about hormones. We're allowed to feel those things. Young boys, young girls, teenagers, you're allowed to wrap your crushes. You can do. It's not a problem. It's healthy. We're growing. Um, but it's about the person that's in the position of trust, realizing that they can't, they're not allowed to cross that line anymore. But with the media's portrayal, I suppose we've just got to hope that one day they don't think it's cool to portray it like that, that it's not going to get more views, that it's not going to get people clicking on it because it is that particular subject matter. And hopefully young boys and young girls out there can look at their older teachers and sports coaches and whoever's in power of them and think, Ugh, and not actually, you know, it, let's so just hope such that they abuse because, of power though such an abuse is, we've all been in it awe ruins of it yeah yes and it ruins it for so many people and i don't want it ever ruin anyone's education for them because i promise you i thank the teachers from the bottom of my heart that helped me he's the only one that i don't that i remember badly so there's good ones out there and i don't want this to be a scaremongering at all um, but when it happens and it's in our faces, when there's somebody else that has either that has been in that profession and we're seeing it time and time and time again, then it's this silent epidemic that hopefully will get louder and louder within our society and we can change how people think and feel and portray it so that we when, don't grow up thinking it's normal. Did anyone in the school know what he was doing, to your knowledge? I look back now and, yeah, I'd say that there was um, a little bit of knowledge. Well, he 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 used to tell me whether this was part of his grooming, I don't know, but he did tell me that there was a group of male teachers that all had a, a list of the female girls that they would 
yeah so that was whether that was to say oh I'm not the only one doing this and you know whether that was part of his grooming with me you know all teachers do it this is just something we we talk about in the staff room so it could be part and parcel because you can if you go too much down a rabbit hole it can take you to some very very dark places but um yeah it's just positions of power and trust it can really ruin it for people and I certainly I don't want to do that I just want to bring awareness that it happens within a school institution unfortunately well normally I wouldn't dwell on this point so much but given Philip Schofield is all over the news right now and you've had the experience of being in his presence and you implied you didn't have a particularly good experience what can you tell us about that interaction it was um well first of all yeah I was um Again, it's I was left um, in the green room. I was only I, I was I didn't get to meet them. Philip and Holly, flip flat. Oh, sorry. The first time you met them, you were live. Yes. Wow. Okay. A quick like so to sit down off the camera and hey, how are you? Their papers in front of them. Mostly they chat to each other. Um. Yeah, I was looked after by people in the green room. Didn't speak to them. And I think the only the only reason that I I was able to realise that that wasn't a good experience was because a year later I was on again after um, my my book came out I was on with Eamon and Ruth. Eamon and Ruth were the nicest. Eamon walked me in. He told me that he told me about me, so he knew who he was interviewing. He didn't need to. Um, he didn't ask me uncomfortable questions. Um, they introduced themselves before the show. Um, so that's how I knew kind of how it should be. But previously, it was, they were very, very cold. Um, they don't really want to engage with you as a normal Joe Bloggs, because there was other famous people, but they were put in another green room. Oh, okay. So, 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 like when us real normal people go on to tell our stories, we're put in one green room, and you just see the stars ushered past you, and they go into another one. Um, so you looked after, lovely, and the makeup people are lovely. Um, and then I was the runner that he is pictured with, who is known since the boy was ten years old. It was the one that looked after me. So when these rumours started to surf a few years ago, it became even more glaringly obvious to me that my experience was exactly what I thought it was. I was very uncomfortable. I didn't know whether that was just me and how I felt about men at the time, but I was very uncomfortable. Um, I didn't feel that... I mean, after that, I did go and see the This Morning counsellor and I was in a room with her crying for two hours trying to get over mm. what had just happened but they were quite rude aloof um you could tell that they didn't really know the full really story just that they no not, not not really yeah as interested as what they you can tell that they are generally mm. you know you can you can feel it and I get, I get a false vibe from them this this that's that's it was um and it 
it switches as soon as that camera goes off. It right. it, it's, it it switches. The the masks go off, and they 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 engage with each other sometimes, but not as you would think that they were buddy buddy. Um, they were very much on separate on their own phones. Um, but all I can say is I know nothing. It just felt so awful to me that he seems to be there seems to be more coming out. But if it does happen, then I've bared my soul, as a lot of other people have on that sofa, to someone who's given a false persona all these years, has been in our homes all these years, who we trust. Well, yeah, I mean, what's, what's interesting is when you contrast that with your experience with Eamon Holmes, who's got this kind of... Um, yeah. It, it's got this persona of being quite grumpy and terse, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, so it's kind of interesting. It was that so it was being genuine. They do. They say. They say. Um, you know, never meet anyone that you actually really like in the media. But it was. It was. Eamon, when I found out I was being interviewed by Eamon and Ruth, I was so scared because I was exactly like that. I thought, no, 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 no. Like that. That's really quite scary. But I. It was that complete juxtaposition of experiences. Meeting Phil and Holly, I was like, oh, wow, this is going to be amazing. Oh, no, it wasn't. They weren't very nice to me. They're not, they're certainly not what they show. Whereas Eamon and Ruth, what you see is what you get. They're exactly yeah. like that. They're lovely. Their relationship is what you see. It's natural. They know what they're doing. And they make you feel like they, like they care. Uh, did you see Eamon Holmes talk about this on GB News? He's uh, oh my god, viral. What did you make of that? I did. Um, it. I just thought, um, good on you, <laughs> good on you, because so many people. You know, I got it straight away. He hasn't been accused. He hasn't nothing. He hasn't been charged. It hasn't been proved. And even if it was, you know, this boy. You have to be very careful. Runner, sorry. It, yeah, this this young man on the show, the runner. Um, he's of age now and so you know there's nothing wrong with it and a, a lot of it came back so I know Eamon's probably going to get a backlash as well but personally when you see these things you have to say something and if he's felt it all these years and he's seeing it then I think we all know well, yeah. talk, talking of saying something, why don't you tell us a little bit about your books? I'm always fascinated with people who have been through something at, at a time in their life that's giving them the worst possible start going into adulthood. And not only have they come through the other side, they, they would be forgiven for just getting on with their life and never mention it again. You wouldn't begrudge anyone for doing that, given your experience. Never. You, yeah. You've decided that you want to put your face to this. You want to do... Uh, some work in the realm of activism, spreading awareness, and you, yeah. you wrote a book. So what's the mindset there between somebody who wants to move on uh, and forget, which is you would perfectly understand, versus somebody Absolutely. who's like yourself who, who wants to speak up and raise awareness? Um, well, again, I've got – it was it was to, to take control back, hmm. if I'm honest. To, to I was seeing – it written and it was not, it was written wrong. I was being written about. And so I, for me, it was to take control back. So I wasn't a silent victim anymore. Um, that I wanted to, if I could just help one person, 
not be in my position as um, a 35-year-old, then when I actually came out about this, then um, I w- that's, that's the reason that I did it. I wanted, it was quite therapeutic as well. Um, it helped me make sense of what had happened to me. Um, and it's just a heartfelt start to finish of pretty much, you know, from start to finish of the grooming to the breakdown to the charging of him and and the aftermath and the police process explains a little bit more about that and what we go through. Um, but there's no shame and that's what people need to realise Um whether you never speak openly about it, there's no shame. If you choose to, there's no shame. And I needed to do it for my own survival. It yeah. was part of my journey. Well, I don't know if you addressed this in the book and you can tell me if you're not comfortable talking about it for sure, but I imagine your parents probably harbour some guilt in this respect or the adults in your life having been groomed by this individual also mm. is this something you've discussed Do you maintain a, a relationship with the, the family members involved yeah I'm very 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 lucky um that they there was no question they believed me it was cut off from him they helped me with the police process they were there by my side they were at court they they were there throughout the whole process but I was extremely lucky I had a support network around me and I was believed um there's some that aren't so I understand that but for me personally and yes they do hold guilt and and shame but we're very lucky and we've um, gone through this process and gone through tough times together and we've dug in and um, we've got all touch wood, got out the other side pretty much unscathed. Yeah. What, what's refreshing to hear from your situation story is that it, it culminated in a conviction and this this man having to sign a register, which is great. You don't... Uh, certainly mm. Certainly with historical abuses, it's so difficult. It's so difficult to get a a conviction for these things. I was so lucky, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, maybe you can explain what happened there because a lot of of people would put it in the context of, well, it's his word versus yours. Did he he convicted solely on the the point that he made admissions or was the evidence produced? Um, So it was a two-year process from the time that um, I complained to the police about him. they any what was mentioned in my statement they then went to collect evidence of when they first charged him it was no comment it was no comment for about six months and then unfortunately for him um he was the descriptions of what happened to me and where happened to me was was matched up by other people mentioned in my statement and because there was certain people that would have been on in the school plays and on the school trips that went to certain moments so um they went to those people and obviously they must have backed up what 
I said, and um, then there was another girl and the same happened to her. So then that she didn't want to rape, press separate charges, but she was willing to put her evidence into help my conviction. So I think what helped me with my historical conviction was um, other people mentioned in the statement, i.e. his friend or the teachers corroborating what I said. And then somebody else saying that he'd done it. And then there was um, a back and forth between him, the, the police and his defence lawyers. And after about 18 months, he um, basically, he just held his hand up and went, right, okay, I really don't want to fight this in court. I'll admit five charges. He was originally charged with 19, I think. Mm. Um, but after I wasn't very well at the time and I could have gone to court and and kept pushing it, but he admitted his guilt. I got him to admit certain things. And obviously, you know, as you say, um, I'm one of the lucky survivors that, that got a charge and, and a conviction. Um, but yeah, I'm lucky that he did admit his guilt. I don't know what happened. There was just a corroboration on corroboration on corroboration separately and independently of me that backed up what, my truth was and then um he admitted it how, how was your experience with the police uh, and the process and the, the, did you feel you were taken seriously at all times with them yes i did yes i was taken seriously when i first told it was a nice enough lady um i had an awful awful time with my video interview though i didn't feel believed in that that wasn't a very nice experience and then I found out that the video didn't work so had I have gone to charge him that would have gone against me completely because I wasn't going to be able to do it again because it was the first one there's a it's very difficult going through the police process I'm not going to tell anyone to do it with even without knowing about it it's a tough old process you can't have counseling through it because the defense of the perpetrator can use your counsellor and if anything comes out in your counsel sessions that might not be put forward it can be used against you so the notes can be used against you um, there's not a lot of help for the victim I don't know about a child disclosing obviously I was an adult and um, so it was in a historical child sex offence and um, my lead uh, copper detective Mick Smith he he was brilliant he supported me from start to finish. Again, I was lucky. Um, the video interview was the, the worst one. And then there's pockets of people that you meet along the way that don't, you, that are cold. It's, it's quite mm -hmm. a cold environment. You know, it's not one where you, you're not sharing anything very nice and it can feel quite a, a cold environment. You are made to say things that will make you feel very uncomfortable to make sure they can get the correct wording and conviction out of you. Um, they have to question you about specific things that you might not realize you have to have, um, 
you be questioned the same questions over and over again. It's a very, very difficult process to get it to to charge and, and then conviction. Um, and unfortunately, I can't say any true help came through the police. It mostly came through other survivors that I've met and through separate counsellors that I found. Well, I hope you don't think this is a radical change of topic in any sense, but given we're both in the Greater Manchester region, we, we've yeah. seen quite a number of high-profile grooming gang cases, as they're dubbed in oh. the media, from mm. Rochdale, Haywood, and it seems to have been something that's affected all areas of the country yeah. since, Telford, further afar, you know, Scotland even. And I just mm -hmm. wondered, what, what was your response to the reports coming out that a lot of this was brushed under the carpet and there were significant failings in terms of the institutions, the police, social services, things like that? Unfortunately, it didn't shock me. Hmm. I, I, it, it's one thing now that I, I... It's just disgusting. It just... It, it, it breaks my heart every time that you realise the ramifications when you hear this come out of these historical offences and what these young victims have been put through and been made to do. It's just, it's abhorrent. And I'm as disgusted as the the rest of society with it, I think. Um, and I think it's... It's a shame that institutions feel that there's more, there's that there's it it does them better covering it up than telling them the, the truth mm. about this particular. It does for some reason it's better to keep moving on to not have that much paperwork, to not have that much grief, to not be accused of being this or being that. No, no, we'll just ignore it and keep moving it on and keep victim blaming. Uh, and yeah, it's. I suppose the more we keep finding these things out, the more we can hope these institutions learn and change. Yeah, hopefully lessons have been learned for sure. Mm -hmm. We've had a very lovely comment from our own Matthew Steeples here. He said, Hayley, uh, you are brave and courageous. You speak with uh -huh. sense and conviction, and I hope your sensible, wise words help others in the future. So, oh, that's lovely very lovely. Thank Yes, thank you so much, Matthew. That's really lovely. Thank you, especially from one as articulate as yourself. <laughs> where can people find uh your book then um amazon the library um a library what any... are those do we still have those? i know my goodness we do i got my local library card the other day yeah because wow. my printer broke yeah no my printer broke i had to go old school <laughs> you went over to print <laughs> i did go to print something um yeah online um any bookstore um, out there, Waterstones definitely have it, but it's it's online. Um, I think uh, that's where most people seem to get it. And where can people find you on the internet if they want to send you some feedback or ask some questions? Um, I'm mostly on Twitter at Haley McGregor One. How how are you um, finding the Twitter experience? Is it something you 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 like? Is it something you're dipping in and out of? I'm I'm an all no, I do. Person, unfortunately, I I am. Um, I really do like Twitter. That's sort of that, that's my place of of safety. Um, there's a there's a chat on there for child sex abuse survivors where we can all join together. So it's a nice safe place. And basically, I just learnt to um, 
block and ignore. That was <laughs> <laughs> that's, that, that's that's basically what I do. If only you could take this into day to day life. Oh, wouldn't, wouldn't it? it? But I would love. I often think, you know, when you're just scrolling down Twitter and these people just decide to be keyboard warriors. I wonder what they're like in real life. Like, do they actually walk the street and interrupt people every time they disagree with someone? I highly doubt it. There's, there's some, I think, who made it, <laughs> someone made a wonderful analogy with this one. It may have even been Joe Rogan, perhaps. He, he said he, he, he compared social media to the attitude you have when you're going 70 miles an hour down a motorway, how everything's <laughs> heightened and the smallest little thing has you going from one to 10 with your, your temper immediately. And that, that's true of me. I get, I'm so much more aggressive uh, and ready to go behind the wheel of a car on the motorway than I am in my day-to-day life Sean I think yeah, social, yeah, media, yeah. social media is a little bit like that isn't it yeah yeah it's, yeah it's high octane feelings that's certainly for sure that's great well thank you very much for joining us I, I really appreciate it uh you you speak you know you've somebody's very calm and, and reasoned on it and I, I really am fascinated with people who have who have been through something like this and uh have come out the other side not only that uh, a championing awareness in, in that regard and I imagine you must hear from people all the time who have been helped by what you've written or what you've said on a platform yes yes I do and that that just uh, keeps giving me the strength to go on because there's bad days mm. there's days where you know you don't feel like your fight is worth fighting anymore um so yeah it's stuff like that that keeps me going every single day because um I just want people to know that it's not right what this abuse of power and trust does to people. I mean, do you think, and this is a horrible thought, obviously, but given the how wide-ranging the grooming gang scandals were and how that was covered up mm. and your experience pertains to school and the, the teacher-student relationship, do you think this is, is more widespread than people know? Yes, again, I do, you know, I, I don't like to be all doom and gloom, um, but, yeah, unfortunately, I think it's just the tip of the iceberg at the moment. Okay, well, thank you very much for what you do, Haley. Um, despite the grim subject matter, I've really enjoyed uh, speaking to you. It's been it's been lovely. Thank you. Likewise, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much for joining us. All right, thank you so much. Take care. Have a good evening. You too. Bye. Bye. Hey, fellow Atwood. Hello, Mr. Atwood. How's it going, man? Well, this is about my fifth show today, but I, I, you just said you've been sat in your ass for four hours, so you beat me, I think. I did three and a quarter hours live streaming on, on Schofield today. Wow. That's a long time on Philip Schofield. Isn't it? Longer than his wife. <laughs> what, what are your thoughts on him then? We'll start with that. Well, can I share screen on this crowdcast? I hope so. Try. Yeah. Let's, uh, where's, where's the button to share screen? Da, 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 da. Ash, can we share a screen? on Share. This? There's a share button. Oh, no, no, share there, the event. Is there Ooh. a share button on this? Maybe not. Maybe not. Well, okay, I've well. Never, I've never done it. Let's have a look. Uh, share screen. There it is. Oh, yeah, I've got it. Got it. It's at the top. Cool. Well, I'm, I'm, I'd like to start this chat with you, Sean, because I am a poet. Here's my new book, God Wins, Spiritual yes. War Poetry 2020-22. And I wrote this poem in 2020 after I saw the amazing demonstrations outside the BBC where the paedophile statue still remains and is currently being fixed because they're doubling down on this and i think this is this is this is my statement to all the people like schofield 
Sweet. Got some serious screen sharing. We see you. The scales have fallen from our eyes. The veil has drifted down from the sky. Mm. Meandering firmly, finally revealing your depth of depravity. That's fear you're now feeling. We see you. Your demonic bloodlust laid bare to see the statue of filth on the BBC, the prince and the madam, the crisper spy, the islands of horrors in the ocean lie. We see you. A billion souls stolen over the years. You hid them deep down to drown their tears. Perfect and innocent, God's own creations. Mutilated by your sick machinations. We see you. Vlad the Impaler and his vile descendants. Fleeing the palace from the 5D ascendants. The virus distracted, but gave us the time to peel back the layers of your heinous crimes. We see you. Run, run as fast as you can. Back for more orders from the Phoenician clan. Out of white rabbits, the looking glass cracked. Tipping point reached, odds against you now stacked. We see you. Pizza and hot dogs, pasta and sauce. Your sickness decoded your lack of remorse. Our slumber is over, our eyes not wide shut. For the children of Haiti, a knife to your gut. We see you. Ascension is powered by the light of the flare. Scramble like rats to the ruins of your lairs. It's over, it's over. Save our children, we cry. Revealed, reviled. It's your soul's time to die. We see you. Wow, the hairs on my arms are up, man. I've got goosebumps all over my body. That was powerful. Well, Ricardo Bosi, who just sent me this book, the leader yeah. of Australia One, read that out on the internet a lot long ago. It's been read at satanic ritual abuse um, uh, rallies and and stuff like that. So it it was given to me by God because this is you know to answer this Philip Schofield question, I have no obvious proof about him whatsoever. But my perspective comes from the. I made a little list here just to give people who don't know me a bit of background. I grew up, as did all of us, surrounded by paedophiles. I grew up in a village called Bugbrook in Northamptonshire, where the Jesus Fellowship, which became the Jesus Army, which was closed down about five years ago because of all the cases against them piled up, piling up um, for paedophilia. The guy that started that was a guy called Noel Stanton, who raped my dad when he was a choir boy. What? Yeah, uh, I was abused by a doctor in the, in the Jesus Army when I was about 10. Um, when I joined, the, when I was in the Air Cadets, I, I was picked for a football team. 
And the first thing the manager said over in Norwich, he said, right, lads, don't come to me if you've got a headache because I make you take your shots down. And I remember going, what did he just fucking say? You know, it was everywhere. I, I got involved with a court case uh, against the Catholic Church. And um, I met 30 men in their 70s who'd been flown in from all over the world. The whole case was costing about two million quid. And I listened to their testimonies about how they were repeatedly raped as kids in a Catholic school. And then I saw the I saw how the case got demolished. And this is when I started to learn more about how all of this really works. And, you know, for anybody watching this that really wants to understand it, you have to go to look at things like Alistair Crowley. You have to look at things like the Tavistock Institute. You have to understand. Uh, you have to go back to John D. 007, the original 007. You have to go back to all of that because the fact is that the real virus is satanic ritual abuse, is adrenochrome, is child trafficking. In that video, I said a billion souls stolen over the years. That's 22,000 kids every day since World War II. It's the biggest industry on the planet, and that's the war that we're really in. Okay, so I think the Schofield thing is all connected to this, right? How is it connected? Well, if you look at um, when Lord McAlpine was accused of paedophilia, he, I'm not saying he was, but I'm saying he was accused of it, but he'd written a book called The New Machiavelli, which everybody should go and get. I, I think he's supposed, supposedly he's dead, but supposedly Leon Britton's dead as well. I'm not sure either of them are, but The, the New Machiavelli is kind of a way of, it, it's a playbook for how to deal with being accused of these things. But, you know, it's, it stinks, doesn't it? it? We know it stinks. But when he came out as gay, you know, it's the new Machiavelli playbook. You know, everybody thought, oh, you big hero. What about your wife, Philip? And then the wife's used as a cover. But people forget that there are many, many satanic marriages. The Clintons, the Bushes, uh, the Queen and Prince Philip, Camilla and Charles. They're all satanic families and they pretend to be married and have this big cover. And people, because people believe it, they buy into it. And, and when, when the pressure gets too much on somebody in particular they get, uh, you know, they, they, they come up with this nonsensical story. But this one's really interesting. I don't know exactly what's happening, obviously. Nobody really does. Well, there are some people that do, but they probably wouldn't come on this show and tell you. Mm. Um, but it, it, apart from it reeking, um, I'm of the, my view is, and it's just my view, and there will be people that disagree with this, that we are watching a movie. We're watching the biggest sting operation in history. There is not a single world leader currently on TV that is the original, not one. That's not Joe Biden. You know, Boris Johnson was swapped out at the beginning of COVID. You, there's masks everywhere. They, the, you know, they they showed us what they were doing when they did the um, the uh, deep fake uh, Queen speech a couple of years ago with uh, that that comedian. Uh, that that woman, uh, you know, we're really watching a movie. So I I tend to believe. I mean, I did a, I did a little thing earlier. I looked up um, Philip Schofield in Gematria, and I'll just share this actually because it's Gematria is quite interesting. Um, I'll keep pressing the wrong button. Where's the share button gone? There it is. Where is it? Do, 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 do. Oh yeah, it, it, in simple Gematria, it's uh, three eight one. But look at some of these. Let's just go prove what I'm doing. There it is. Philip Schofield, Gematria. Go to the simple Gematria. And you've got to make America great again. <laughs> Barack Hussein, uh, Obama. Treason is a bitch. 
Mm. Some really funny. Jeffrey Epstein, Jesus is coming. I mean, it's it's uh, quite funny <laughs> in a lot of ways. EBS tomorrow, emergency broadcast system for those that don't know. I've been waiting for that for years. Uh, I don't know why Manchester City's in there, although there is a link to <laughs> Soldier, funnily enough, which I won't go into. Um, Eyes Wide Shut, which I just quoted in the poem, um, which is, of course, um, the film about satanic ritual abuse, which got, what's his name, murdered. Um, suddenly can't remember the director's name. <laughs> Stanley Kubrick. Stanley Kubrick. So, you know, there's a lot of stuff here, and you know, people... I, you know, I loved your documentary on Jimmy Savile. I, I, I watched the Netflix one, which didn't go anywhere really. But you know, go and look up was Jimmy Savile a wizard? It's still on YouTube, and I think that gets closer to what this is all about and links it all back to Crowley, magic, and the um, the the depth that this thing goes to is huge. And also, I had a memory earlier this week when you invited me on. I I made um three shows for Granada TV 30 years ago. And I remember a TV producer telling me about a big producer in Granada. Say, say, and she said, she said to me, we all know he's a paedophile and he's just got married. And I was like, and she went, well, now he's growing his own victims. And I went, well, what did you just say? You know, so I, I commend, um, was it Haley that was just on? I just caught up. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. I just interviewed Gloria Masters last night. I know you've interviewed her. Yeah. Yep. Jeanette Archer, who, who stood outside Windsor Castle and said that she witnessed the Queen turning into a reptile in a satanic abuse and she was raped by police on the way there. And, you know, th this stuff is deep and dark. I mean, I did a show in Birmingham last year, a live show, and um, I, I, met a, I met a couple of um, survivors of SRA, and they described to me how one of them described to me how they'd seen their basically their best friend decapitated in front of them when she was like 13. I mean, this is dark, dark, dark. And people don't want to go there. People don't believe it's real. And I'm not saying Schofield is one of them, but it doesn't look good. Because if you look at the, um, the people in media that got close to revealing this stuff, if you look at some of the TV stars like Mark Spate, these people died in mysterious circumstances. Rick Mayle. Peaches Geldof, Kevin Greening, Jill Dando, the, probably the most famous one, Christian Digby, Natasha Collins. You know, and just like in America, you had people like the, the guy from Fast and Furious with his bizarre car crash, Anthony Bourdain, the chef, Chris Cornell, the singer, Chester Bennington, the real son of Clinton's, um, you know, what, I can't remember his name. Uh, nasty, nasty man. Um, they, get, they just get deleted whenever they get close to, to releasing the truth. And... Um, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping it's going to be part of the wake up and the reveal. I'm hoping that it's being used for that because, you know, British people, half of the country, at least half the country, just wave flags. Uh, Jimmy Savile's best friend put, getting a million dollar hat put in his head. I mean, what? And his brother, best friends with Jeffrey Epstein. What? And their uncle was, was a notorious paedophile murdered 30 miles from where I am off the coast of Sligo in 1978 with three boys in the boats. The prime minister, when I was a kid, um, Edward Heath, uh, he took people out. Savile used to provide kids for him to take on his boat. He'd drive out, he'd go out on his yacht into, um, and you probably know this because you've read David Icke's accounts of it. Um, and the only reason Icke outed 
um, him as a, as a pedo was because he had different people coming to him who weren't connected who talked about the same claw hand that he had. And then Ted Heath, what did he do? He got us into the EU by the back door. Um, you know, it's, the British society, from the top, um, from the establishment, the royals, it, they're all satanic pedophiles. And um, the media is no different because they control the media. And when you see somebody with such limited talent be such a big name, become a multimillionaire over many, many, many years, you have to ask yourself some questions. I'll take a drink. Uh, go for it. Well said. What do you think about the latest Epstein re revelations then? You know, there's more been in the news on him recently. What what, what have you seen? Because we might not be seeing the same stuff. Um, just more involvement with other elites, basically. And Well, I mean, you know, that's why in the poem I put in the, the islands of horrors in the ocean lie. It's not just Epstein. I mean, Biden's got an island down that way. Richard Branson's got an island. You've got to be very dubious of anybody with an island, uh, with a with a sidekick with a submarine license. I mean, you've got to be you've got to be asking serious questions. I mean, Epstein's island uh, had that temple on top of it, which was behind Ellen on her set, or Alan DeGeneres, as I called Ellen DeGeneres. You know, the, these um, child trafficking is massive. People have no idea that the Evergreen Tanker Company, whatever the, whatever they're called, shipping company. That's child trafficking. Walmart in America is part of the child trafficking network. God knows, maybe Asda is in the UK because they Walmart bought them. I mean, we're talking about a deep underground bases, 10,000 of them worldwide that have been cleared out over the last, I think, decades, actually. But um, I think we're coming to close to the end of it. And, and, and at the moment, I think most of the, most of the people at the top of this... I'm an apocalyptic, by the way. I'm just going to say that to everybody watching. We are in the apocalypse, which is the great revealing, and uh, I'm optimistic about the outcome. It's, um, I do think we've got some more shit to go through, but um, I think it's, we're going into a very good place, but we've got to cleanse everything. And I do think the people at the top, the really, really bad ones at the top, have been taken out. And you know, this plaster could not be ripped off quickly because people just don't believe it. I mean, I've been talking about SRA for 15 years, and anybody that i speak to about it just well nobody would i wouldn't do that that's not possible it's not possible to rape and mutilate children and rip their faces off and then stick a fucking syringe in their eyes and suck the adrenalized blood out of the pineal gland because that's what adrenochrome is well it, 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 they do that's what they do there's adrenochrome factories all over the world have you spoken to kareen hutzibout about this who kareen hutzibout no, I haven't. She's an FBI-trained uh, criminal profiler who lives in Europe who goes into the most darkest dungeons of European prisons and interviews um, this most serious child killers, murderers, rapists, predators. And she's done a lot on adrenochrome and some of those big elite royal political scandals involving kids being trafficked in Europe. She's done a lot on that as well. I need to connect you guys. I think you would love to speak to her. Well, yeah, I'd, I'd love to speak to anybody. I mean, it's such a, it's such a web as well. You know, our, our individual. Somebody's just said they're not all bad. Verify. No, they're not all bad. Of course not. Is that Matthew? Matthew Steeples? I, I, no, of course, Matthew. You're absolutely right. They're not all bad. And, and, and I think that's the way it works. You know, you get. They have to have. It's the way they do the news, right? You, you know, you've got a half an hour news section. Most of it's bullshit, but there'll be a true story peppered within because then you've got plausible deniability about everything. And it just keeps everybody confused because 
I mean, one of the quotes from um, McAlpine's book was um, his, yeah, his advice for dealing with the, with the media, and this is from his book, The New Machiavelli, was spread false defeats to gain public sympathy or false accusation and then arrange for it to be exposed as such so the accuser will be forever treated with suspicion. So whenever a whistleblower comes out or somebody like me comes out with a theory like this, then they just, you know, they, they, they do something false, you, you accuse them, and then you look like the idiot, and then all the heat's taken off them. And, and that's what the new Machiavelli is Machiavellian. That's why it's called the new Machiavelli. And it, it really is a playbook for handling PR. And it's, it's the same as Edward Bernays was um, uh, part of the uh, Freud family. And Clement Freud is associated with the Madeleine McCann thing. You could, you know, all these things link up, you know. And uh, Edward Bernays wrote Propaganda in 1929. Uh, and that's a playbook for how to control the minds of everybody. Because we live in an MK Ultra world. This is a mind-controlled planet. This is a, this is a farm. We live on a farm. We're the we're the cattle. We're the food. You know, they, they, you know, people say, well, not, no human being could do that. Well, that's because they're not human. That's the conclusion I came to quite a long time ago, and I stand what, by. I stand by. What, what's your thoughts on what happened to Madeleine McCann? <sighs> well, that's, you know, there's so many theories. I mean, if you, why? When if there are two, if you believe me that there are twenty two thousand children every day worldwide going missing, I think David I did a great thing on that years ago when he actually rang up because there was no national statistic for the U.S. So he rang up each state and got the state numbers and added it up and it was millions, right? Because that's how they hide the figures. But if there are that many going missing, why have we had the same girl in the headlines for fifteen years? It, it, you know, it's obviously being you. It's it's like look at this, look at this, don't look at that, look at this, look at this, look at this. What do I think it is? I think it's to do with satanic ritual abuse. That's my theory. There, there, there are a couple of websites that people should go and look at. Um, one of them has, I checked it earlier. I used to read it for years. It was uh, Chris, Chris Spivey. I don't know if you remember him. Do you ever what, read his stuff years ago? Mm. I think it's chrisspivey.co.uk, S-P-I-V-E-Y. He did a lot of amazing research and he got, he got a, accosted by I think he got thrown in prison a few times I mean he was a real hard man this guy but he, he was deep into it and there's also um a website that I used to read over the you know years ago called the Coleman experience which has since closed down but if you go to archive.org and you type in the Coleman experience.wordpress.com there's loads of research there and loads of stuff about pedophilia especially in the media right especially in the BBC and ITV is no different to the BBC. Um, so yeah, it's all it's all connected, in my opinion. Um, I don't know if that's answered the question. I can't remember what the question was. Yeah, McCann McCann is still in the news right now. They're cutting trees down and digging and looking for stuff, and it's all headline news again. It's just it's just um, distraction, you know. And maybe the Schofield thing is a distraction from something much bigger. You know, there's well, this Schofield thing. cast cast shade on McAlpine, didn't he? When Cameron came on, yeah, but that's all part was, of the was, theater. That was yeah, all theater. I mean, theater. that was Cameron went on there. That was all deliberate. So Cameron's part of it. He's part of the whole thing. You know, the every prime minister has been part of it. There's the, none of them are, are um, you know. I mean, if you go on the Coleman experience, you'll see information about the Elm guest house and the VIP paedophile ring with the MPs and, uh, you know, Cliff Richard's nickname was Kitty, you know, and he was into, allegedly into scatology with Melvin Bragg. 
And then you have, you know, Tony Blair's nickname was Miranda. It's like you couldn't make it up. And I actually worked with Tony Blair's father-in-law about 30 years ago, the guy who played the Scouser in um, uh, the uh, Afghanistan show in the 60s. I mean, it's beyond, it's beyond belief. Um, and, I, I'm not and, you know, anybody watching this thinks he's talking shite. Fine. You don't have to agree with me. I've just told you my own background. And that all led me to these things and these experiences that led me to talk about it. And I don't want it to happen anymore. Children are our most precious. They're our future. You know, and anybody that um, gets away with this, I mean, we're living in an absolutely crazy time where children are being sexualized in schools right now. You know, there's abuse going on in the schools right now, all over the all over the world. I just got threatened with prison by the social services here because I've got two 12-year-olds that were out of school for 80 days last year because I because they brought in a mask mandate for, for children, which is child abuse. I mean, it, you might not say you might say, no, oh, it's protection of children. No, it isn't. Those masks did fuck all, except deprive you of oxygen and fill you full of other stuff. God knows what. So I think, yeah, there's there's lots of elements to this. It's always about distraction. Look at this over here. Don't look at this. I mean, it's as old as the hills, isn't it, Sean? We've only got a few minutes left, Mike. I concur. So I was at yoga the other day, and a, a fellow yoga practitioner called Barbara comes up to me, and she said, did you know Mark Atwood has been on tour with Mark Letizia? Is it what, Matt what, Letizia. Matt Letizia. Matt Letizia. Yeah. Uh, um, is that true, and how did it go? Well, no, I did. I did a tour of America last year for 31 days, 14,000 miles, 17 cities. That was amazing. Called the Truth Tour. Then I did. Um, I did a show in Manchester, uh, 500 people, and then I did another one about a month ago with 500 people. And Matt Letizia was on. Gareth Ike was on. Uh, David, who wrote this book, was David Edelman, School No Place for Children, excellent book. He came on. I had some. Uh, uh, I got uh, the world's most famous tarot card reader come over from Canada, Janine. Um, and I turned it, you know, th th I mean, these are heavy subjects and, you know, it's all connected to the new world order. It's all connected to all of this. That's the war that we're really in. Um, COVID was a total piece of bullshit. And, you know, basically the world is split into people that get that and people that don't get that. And in between, there's some people trying to fudge the middle of it whilst they're surviving. But all of those minions that are the low-level workers for this sort of pyramidical structure. They're the ones being flushed out right now, and they're the ones who should be terrified. And I'm talking about Masonic uh, local judges, you know, um, clerks of the court, people in media that, that allowed paedophiles, people that they knew are paedophiles, to keep, continue working. I mean, you can't tell me the people in the BBC didn't know about Savile. You, it doesn't make any sense. There's no common sense that whatsoever. So anybody else in the media that's that's um, not, it's like we're in a time where God's given us choices. Are you going to stand up and tell the truth and be counted, or are you going to not? Because in a time when good people do nothing, evil flourishes, and that's that's where I think this is very biblical, actually, and it's an amazing time to be alive. And the Schofield thing is all part of that story. All ITV and BBC care about is not what these people are doing, but when the public are going to catch wind of it, that's when it's a problem for them. Well, I think, I think, um, I think we're going to see some amazing stuff in the next few months and years, uh, which will see the end of these uh, media institutions. Uh, yeah. When you're on these tours, Mark, what are the public expressing an interest in the most? 
Um, well, everybody wants to know what's coming next and when things are going to happen. Um, people are expecting there to be a, a big event, you know. So we're, we're, we're a lot of the people that come to the t tours that I've done. I mean, I met 10,000 people face-to-face -face in America, and I've had... I've met a couple of thousand in the UK and Ireland on different talks. You know, we're they're kind of expecting um, ascension to happen. This is this is this is what's really going on. Is that this this we're moving from carbon to crystalline into the age of Aquarius. We're going into a different dimension. So on a spiritual level, that's what's that's what's going on. That's why my book's called God Wins because God's already won. Because we're multi we're multidimensional beings and we're eternal spirits. Because we don't understand that, we have a fear of dying, which is how they control us and create the Lucian feed off us and everything else. So, you know, that is the big event everybody's waiting for because everybody's a little bit tired. It's very tiring being somebody awake in the middle of all this, this craziness um, because you're surrounded by zombies that, I mean, I passed two people earlier driving a car with masks on, on the road. I'm like, what are you doing? What? So we've got this, it's like we're walking in two worlds right now. So at the moment, one of the things that one of the things that I've done is really just to try and keep it light and frothy and funny as po as funny as possible. I mean, you've got to have a sense of humor in the face of this kind of depravity. And it is, you know, everybody can hold these thoughts in their heads. It's extremely difficult to go about your business knowing that you're walking on top of an underground tunnel that's got thousands of kids underneath it. Because that's the truth of most people's lives. They just has, YouTube has YouTube tried to cancel you yet for saying these things? Well, I don't say these things on YouTube um, because I, they closed my first account down when I had 30,000 subscribers. So I, I take it onto my website or onto Rumble or, you know, wherever I'm not getting cancelled. <laughs> yeah, they took mine down twice. I know. I know. I followed the story yeah. when it happened to you. Yeah. yeah. So, but, you, but you're doing okay on YouTube now? Yeah, it's okay. I mean, I think I'm being throttled and um, shadow banned and all of that kind of stuff. But uh, that's all part of it. I, I don't care. I didn't do any of this to be popular. I just did it because I was compelled to do it. And I got this bizarre life where all these things came together where, you know, I could um, talk with some authority on some of it. And um, really, I think my job really has been to help the people, especially during COVID, from the feedback that I get from people is that I that people were very, very isolated. People that were connected spiritually and, and knew that everything was a lie that was being imposed on them felt very isolated because they lost family members. They couldn't go out. They, they, you know, people called them conspiracy theories and nutters. And then someone like me comes along and starts telling bad jokes in the middle of all of that. And I kind of cheered them up. And that's been really my job, I think. Right, we've got to end it here because another guest is coming in, Mark. But please tell the viewers where they can find you and follow you and support you and meet you and go on your tour. I'm talks. not telling you where they can find me, but you can... <laughs> <laughs> it's probably a few now who want to kill me. Um, but I don't care. I'm an eternal spirit. Um, the Mark Show.com is where everything's archived. The Mark Atwood Show on YouTube, Rumble, BitChute, uh, uh, Telegram. And I, I revived my Twitter account when Musk did what he did about three months ago. And that's interesting at the moment. Because I've not been banned on there yet. But although they've stopped me uploading some stuff recently, so that I don't know what's going on there. I'm going to email that address over to you. And if you want me to come on your channel, let me know. And we salute you for carrying the Atwood torch. <laughs> <laughs> Putting the name into disrespect. Thanks. <laughs> Great to see you, Sean. Thanks, Touché, everybody. My friend. Cheers, Cheers, fellow Take Atwood. Care. Thank Bye -bye. you. Bye. -bye. Bye, -bye.